0: This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice, like all of our episodes, is brought to you by our incredible patrons. Patrons alike Bigly Teets and Adam Studley. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit PitchDrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. I'm 90% sure that's my wife, actually. You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that keeps floating right outside your orbit. This is Season 8, Episode 18, covering the end of Xenosaga 3. Get your genies ready. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and my pronouns are he, him, and with me today is...
1: Sybil Arnett, she, her.
2: Ryan Beatty, they, them, still my birthday. (laughs) Matt Marcus, he, him, not my birthday. No one's impressed,
0: Matt. Fuck off. Someone tell me what happened (laughs) last episode.
1: (laughs) Mary Magdalene has fully awakened. Cosmos learned the special attack D. Tenaritus. Video games are art. All right, you want a real summary. As the party descended into Planet Mictum, Jin and Margulis faced off in a final duel, where even in defeat, the cultist swordsman went for one final assault, committing seppuku and his robot as he told the elder Uzuki, you've pushed away everyone who ever understood you. Enjoy being alone for the end of the world. And now Jin
0: Uzuki is the
1: last samurai. It's true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Deeper still, three forces fought for the soul of Shion Uzuki, the godchild Abel, revealed as an avatar of Udu, Nephilim, trying once more to keep Shion from going off the deep end, and Cosmos standing nearby to support the Marionkind, as we saw her past as Mary Magdalene, a past connected to her successor model, Telos, who desired the soul within Cosmos for her own awakening. One battle later, we're traveling with Mary, Mecha Mommy, and continuing further into the crystalline halls of the underground ruins.
2: I don't love the phrase Mecha mommy. Yeah. You have so many surprises waiting for you. Mecha Mommy, sorry. Mecha mommy, sorry. Mecha Mommy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you ever played Castlevania? You know how there's, like, always a, a big clock tower stage with a bunch of, like, intricate machinery that's moving like clockwork in the background and kind of all around you? Come on, they're more this notable is... for the Medusa heads. <laughs> Revealing this that we have, when I said, uh, yeah. no, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah, we, we have that too, yeah. Uh, this is that, but in Crystal, spires are shifting around the party as they continue onwards shards grow out of the very path that we're on and need destroying and the whole structure is looping around itself so it's interesting because like the actual dungeon is just two parallel paths each of which have a couple of destructible spires that have Items in them and a few really hard enemies, but otherwise they're just paths. But then all around us is like all of this visual noise that it looks as though we're, yeah, inside like a gigantic prismatic clock tower. But it is funny that the dungeon itself is so hyper linear with all of this going around around us. So if you are a complete sicko and are looking to get every single character's ultimate weapon before end credits, this one is almost worse than Lulu's thunder dodging in Final Fantasy X. This is where you get Sephirotic Canes for Ziggy's weapon. They are dropped by some of the Gnosis here. They are considered a rare drop. So even though it's like the percentage is not hyper rare, you can beat them and not get anything for them and in order to get ziggy's ultimate weapon you need to farm 99 of these sephirotic canes in these two pairs of parallel hallways which is it's not worth it folks it's not worth it and it's not fun
0: i wish they were parallel instead of being extremely s-shaped just to make them take longer (laughs)
2: sure yeah but like there are only two meaningful paths you can go down and there aren't interesting diverticula from there guy i'm just complaining
0: that somehow these this two room dungeon takes a minimum of 20 minutes
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it sucks At the back of the path is a discolored crystal, and when you shatter it, the structure of the room becomes clear. It is uh, crystalline clones of the Zohar spinning around and around endlessly until they cease moving and form a path forward into the heavens, so to speak. The next room is very similar, except this time we're progressing towards a literal shining city on a hill with a golden path towards the Halo Top Citadel as our exit. And atop the summit waits Kevin. And he greets Shion
3: and says, oh, Hey, Shion, and Mary, too. So Shion is a stammering mess, and he just comes on all soothing, saying that she doesn't need to be afraid or unsure anymore. I'll give you all of those answers. And uh, Sybil and I start thinking about Mimi. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No one else will get that. Listen to Boku no stop free. And he says that when Mictum fell, he too was lost, seeking anything to rely on, unsure of himself. And he said, That's when he appeared before me, and chaos interrupts. Wilhelm, you mean? And Junior's like, the Vector CEO. What does he have to do with any of this? And that's one of those. That's what we're all thinking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's lines like that that it's like it sounds like it's Scooby Doo, right? (laughs) I mean, Wilhelm kind of is the Scooby Doo villain. It was one of the least inelegant ways to remind you of what's going on. Yeah.
0: Mm
3: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Kevin ignores them both and continues. And we cut into a
0: flashback of the only time Wilhelm has ever towered over anyone ever in his life while he's there (laughs) hanging out with kid Kevin. (laughs) And Wilhelm says, because of a certain phenomenon, our world is on the path to destruction. The universe is slowly but surely being destroyed. No one can stop it, even if they had the power of God. And then Kid Kevin says, hey, do you have any candy? I'm eight. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what happens is he's not worried about this at all. So Wilhelm continues saying there's a way to halt the destruction. And Kevin goes, eternal recurrence. Uh, (laughs) And Wilhelm continues, if we are fated to die, then we shall stop our history at a certain point and restart it. And we will repeat that process eternally. Wilhelm asks the child how he feels about the world. What do you want to do with this world that drove you into the pit of despair? Reminder, he's like eight. Fuck off. Yeah. Look, my child falls into a pit of despair when I tell her she's washed enough Bob's Burgers for the day. Fuck off. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Turns out the eight year old is a huge little bitch. It's like the whole world should be destroyed. And then I could live in a new universe with
2: Bob. And well, I like, what a good answer. <laughs> yeah. What? A- what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I fucking hate how they just drop the concept of eternal recurrence, which then, like, the end game fucking hinges on. And this is where they drop it, right An eight-year-old! I
4: have an eight-year-old! This a, is so yeah, goofy!
2: In a flashback with an eight-year-old. And, and also, okay, I can't... We're going to get into this at the end, but just they're starting to drop Nietzsche terms again. Like, Eternal Recurrence is a huge piece of the book, Thus Spoke Zarathustra. And to just drop it in here like, oh, remember, we know that these terms exist. Just piss me the fuck off. Just come, come on. The game, is, the game is an hour and a half away from being over. You can't just drop Eternal Recurrence on us like that. Yeah. <sighs> Look, you can't make me
0: like this more just because you reference the only good Nietzsche book.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I loved his strategy guide for politics. (laughs) We return to the present. Kevin says that Wilhelm had been planning all of this before Lost Jerusalem fell, with Ormus, Vector, the Federation, and more all being tools he set up along the way to control things. Wilhelm is what got him placed on Mizrahi's Zohar research team. And the CEO's preparation is what delivered him the consciousness of Mary Magdalene dissipated in the UN to deposit into his gynoid creation and to entrust her to you, Xi'an. Jin hears this and interrupts, Oh, so everything went according to plan? I feel sick just hearing this.
0: And of course, perpetual fail-son Jin would be disgusted by the concept of someone coming up with and executing a plan for more than six months.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Junior puts it in slightly more relatable terms. He was using everyone the whole time, Xian. Even you. Xian's response to this is not to focus it on these very real critiques and goes. Uh huh. So when you died that day, was that real or? He says, "Of course he died. It was necessary to cast aside my physical body to obtain power. Oh, and also <laughs> it strengthened Xian's bond with Cosmos by removing himself from the equation. Of course. Oh, what a little conniver." Mm-hmm. Junior considers shitting. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, now I can't make fun of anyone. It to. <laughs> Consider shitting on Kevin. <laughs> Junior <laughs> considers shitting.
4: When, Damn it.
0: Would Kevin, Kevin consent to this? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. Yes, he would. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, he would. Upper well, according me. to plan. Upper decker me for power.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Junior continues shitting on the dude For the sidelines. But just like Ziggy and Voyager, Kevin starts giving a familiar pitch. I can free you from the terror of death, Shihon. I can spend eternity with you. And as she's considering
2: it. Alan, just. Sorry, please. I
0: was going to say this upcoming scene has done so many favors by Kevin not having a
2: villain voice. Mm hmm. Absolutely. That goes for both language versions that we've that we played. So Alan just goes the fuck off, and I just like leapt out of my seat and started fist pumping the air. I was so goddamn stoked. He says, "How can you say any of that? You try to make it sound good, but in the end, all you were doing was using her." Kevin responds, "Like it's to protect her life, which is false." Uh, but anyway, Alan then says, "You think you can do anything you want if you think it'll protect someone's life?" Kevin, like, lets him go on for a little bit and then cuts him down with, so you'll accept her death, leave her to her suffering. And as soon as Alan starts to lose his momentum here, Kevin gets even higher and even mightier. And he absolutely ethers Alan completely and says, pathetic. If the world could be saved through passion, all of this would have been unnecessary. Ass colon gotten. (laughs) Yeah. And then he beckons Shion to him and she closes the gap. This is finally enough for Junior to do the old uh, shoot in vain at a cooler
3: enemy move, you know, check, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, Sheon whips out her arm cannon and shields Kevin. Let's go. Also, I gasp. <laughs> cannot believe <laughs> yeah. she w- cannot believe that she
0: would just. That's, that is the best thing that they could have done instead of having her deliver a speech. Just the amount of how over the party she is at this moment sold yeah. so well just there.
2: Yeah. And yeah. like also at your absolute lowest moment, you definitely always want to go back to your toxic ex. Uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. So Junior gives up. So Jin tries. He says, you sure about this?
3: And she says, no, no, she's not. But she doesn't really know what to do about anything right now. But she's very tired and she hurts and she's very, very sick of everyone's pity. Jin says, Shion, none of us want you to suffer. Don't you understand that? And then Shion drops the most fucking brutal line here. Uh (laughs) She says, isn't it already too late? It's not like you understand other people's feelings. If you had, Pelligree would might not have had to die.
0: Yeah, go eat a grape, Jin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. And everyone just goes, Ooh, Shion, no, you didn't just say that. A- mm-hmm. Except for Jin. Jin seems to take it on the chin. And then we, again,
0: back to cutscene land. And Jin's just like, We're serious about this. And Shion's like, Yeah, I'm going with him. Don't interfere anymore. And then Jin takes a heavy breath. Draws a sword and starts advancing on Sheon and says, "No matter what happens, I intend to do what I must to save our world. Make sure your decision reflects that." And Alan and Mo are like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Mm -hmm. And Jin's not. uh, Jin refuses to back down on this. Kevin tells everyone to go fuck themselves, saying, "She's made her choice. Your roles are over. Obey the word of God." I'm gonna pass, fucking papist. This gets Junior pissed (laughs) enough that he draws. it well. It says, if that's what this is, then I'm not holding back. I'm bringing you with us, even if I have to beat you up.
1: I just had the most cursed thought of how much worse would the Red Scare... The Red Scare women would be testaments in this universe. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, God. Ugh. Mm -hmm. I actually threw up in my mouth a little just saying that. I don't know. It, sorry, I'm imagining
0: Heinlein, but with Amber's voice. <laughs> sorry,
2: they, fucking one of them
0: one of them is like <laughs> the Milch, just, Sorry, I'm sorry, the Milchids are just cucked.
2: <laughs> Dasha is now like like just like 100% off the deep end Catholicism cosplayer. Yes, that's the joke. It's Oh, yeah, I know. It's so fucking, it's so weird. It's so weird. I don't, I'm so uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Absolute disaster. <laughs> Look, you humans. can't
0: be, you're not allowed to be a little Catholic. It's either you only show up for Easter and Christmas or you're extremely Catholic.
1: Yeah, As soon as you start doing the Friday thing, you're fucked.
2: Well, I- Also, as soon as as soon as you start saying, oh, the pope isn't the real pope and we need to go back to Latin mass because all of Vatican II was a mistake. After you're like, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s and are famous for doing a podcast where you just like do a bunch of coke and talk about Camille Paglia all the time. Like, fuck off. I don't know who that is. Good. Don't. Good. Great. Love it.
0: Anyway, this scene is fucking incredible, by the way. This may be the best cut scene in the game to me.
1: This whole stretch right here is like
2: unbelievable is shit.
1: I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love everything about this post section before Zarathustra. Yeah. Yeah. Everything oh. here is good.
0: Uh, oh, me- the,
2: the piano? Let's go. Yeah, the music is like finally just unassailably great. It's it, there's not like oh, there's some good stuff, but there's bad mixing, or like oh yeah, there's a good there's a mix of interesting and terrible music. It's like no, this music rules. Also, yeah, Xenosaga Three is better when it is about the battle for Sheon's soul. Like every single time that they focus on you know Sheon as this tortured, conflicted character, it's a better game.
1: I tried so desperately to make this event a way to break up episodes as a cliffhanger, but there's no breakpoint. There's no way to.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It would just it, be it would just be secretly trying not to talk about the end of the game for two weeks.
1: Right. Yeah. But also, it's just such a good hook to bring people back. Oh, Shion just joined a boss battle against yeah. us. Mm-hmm. This battle is a gimmick. Looking at either boss's HP will reveal that fast. They're both under 10K. You can steal Shion's past mm. outfit from her for a very weird last second costume change, which is only topped by the <laughs> fact that you can steal another one from Kevin. Yeah. It's the white shirt from after they fuck. Uh-huh. It gives Let's you go. More armor. no stats, luck plus 60 to take the joke a level further.
2: <laughs> very good. <laughs> oh, it's so funny.
1: Anyway, Shion will uh, just do little protests throughout this fight as she tries to whoop down on usually Jin. And Kevin is dispassionate as always. I have never taken him out first because she's more fragile. So maybe she powers up if you do. If you take her out, Kevin's waves surge and his attacks upgrade one tier. This battle should never take you more than
3: like five minutes. So one interesting thing: uh, <laughs> after you beat the game, you get the uh, the model viewer. Shion's shirt outfit that you steal here isn't in the model viewer, which I thought was interesting. They had Hmm. all the other models of her, including the bathing suit. Uh, But, you know, I actually, I actually beat Kevin first this time because what happens? Like, spoiler for like my whole thing is I just keep casting Renee Kaiser over and over again. It does a shit ton of damage. It destroys bosses immediately. I didn't want to do that here because I thought that you had to keep she on alive like it was Renoa in Final Fantasy 8 in the Adel fight mm-hmm. like you couldn't mm-hmm. just attack everything so i was like all right let me focus fire on kevin she kept attacking jin and i actually gave jin the like whatever the move is that gives him auto counter mm-hmm. and so he was doing a lot of damage to her when i wasn't trying to but yeah kevin just like kneels down and then she has a line saying like just leave us alone and then that's it there really isn't Anything much different? Uh, she says she that
0: anytime when she crosses a health threshold.
3: Huh. Yeah, so not. You know that had to do this fight, fight
0: three times. What, uh, dude? I got RNG'd out by the next fight a couple of times. Just oh, okay. Boosting into multiple Aoes, critting every time. Not good. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can yeah. get Kevin,
3: bosses the... cannot should not crit. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But this was the only fight where I didn't just nuke everything because I thought it had to be fought differently. And then I realized, oh no, I could just kill Xi'an and it's fine. Buddy, I one-shotted Kevin and Xi'an both by having uh, Attacker
0: and Bloodsinger on Cosmos and then just Gatling gunning them both down. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: Extremely um, good.
1: Sick bonus to finish striking your own party member. Oh. <laughs> with, with her robot BFF that they both love so
0: much. Great. Love it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Off topic, but.
2: A man in a purple bandana carrying a guitar in his left hand and a baseball in his right hand just walked by my window, sniffed the baseball, and started crying. Don't know what to do with that information. Yeah, it's Alan. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Chief.
2: Oh, God. So... When the battle pauses, Alan runs into the middle of both parties, begging for everyone to stop the insanity— uh, Jin and Junior both tell him to get the hell out of the way. He refuses and turns to Kevin and Sheon, asking why we're all fighting instead of teaming up for just 10 minutes to ensure that the universe continues and we all, and this is key to his plan, survive. Kevin then steps in basically and is like, bitches, leave. Dismissing Alan as the cries of the powerless, whose pathetic voice will reach no one. Because Kevin is still in his, like, I, in order to affect any change at all, I need the power of a god because we're all alone and so it it, there's no such thing as working together ever and so therefore i can only have supernatural power and collective will means fucking nothing alan though is not stopping calling bullshit on the entire claim that only kevin can save the universe when there is a whole room full of galactic ass kickers they are superheroes and junior and junior (laughs) right here full of resolve oh yeah and
3: then Kevin goes off when he hears the word. He says, resolve. Do you think we testaments lack resolve? Uh, and Alan says, uh, yes, actually. <laughs> uh, you lost confidence in your abilities to live as human beings and just ran away because you were scared of death, because you were scared of being weak. Virgil, Voyager, Yuriev, even Ormus, just trying to flee the harsh details of reality. And Kevin belittles Alan some more, say, and you have resolve. What good does that do anyone? You couldn't even win the heart of the lone woman you love. Oh, and the, fucking <laughs> brutal. I, yeah, I I remember, uh, like, as Chris, you were going through this, you dropped a note in uh, in our Discord just saying, oh, man, I can't believe the, the back half of this uh, game is uh, just summarized by Simpin' Ain't Easy. It's true, though. (laughs) (laughs) She's sipping for
0: Kevin. Kevin, uh, Alan, sipping for Sheod. Everyone having a hard time just simping.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But Alan keeps going, saying, that's right. I am a simp. To you, I'm an (laughs) insignificant, powerless creature, and I stand firm on this very spot to save the chief no matter what.
2: Let's go, Uh, Alan! I love this Alan moment so much. Th- through the FMV zone, I was just fucking wooting the whole time. Way to just face Kevin's dumbass pessimistic nihilism head on and be like, no, the fucking collective will and the power of love can actually do shit. I love you, Alan, so much. Thank you.
0: My child didn't eat dinner until 8 p.m. because I was busy like watching Alan get it. Hell yes. So FMV's start, it bums me out a little bit that we're not always in FMV territory and that even the final cutscene has a bunch of dialogue boxes you advance through. Mm-hmm. Kevin goes, very well. It just begins just lightning bolting Allen just flying around. Allen's on his ass at the first one. By the next few, he's just like being thrown around by the room, bloodied up. Unless you're playing the US version that it just looks like he got mildly singed a bunch of times. <laughs> mm hmm. Alan continues to rise, black eyed, bloody, and clearly much worse for wear until finally, Sheon tells Kevin to stop. But not out of good motives, just like, please leave him alone. He can't even stand up. He's a little baby. Leave him me. <laughs>
3: and it's <laughs> He's his just birthday. a little
0: guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's and a little then Kevin's like, boy. Boy. Kevin goes, no, and another one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, I just, uh, look. I'm sorry, I watched a lot of Star Wars when I was young. This is just the Emperor and, and Darth Vader, and then they do it again. Like, very distracting to me,
2: this whole bit here. Mm. Yeah, I think you did watch too much Star Wars when you were younger. Because this <laughs> Yeah, shut rules. up, bitch!
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was bad, I am just like, oh, so I, yeah. Also, <laughs> okay.
1: everyone, after a certain point, stole from Star Wars. It's There's true. the whole quote this week about, yeah, we ch- we stole Char from Star Wars. We added some horns to the helmet so you wouldn't notice. Statue of Limitations is up. <laughs> so, Kevin takes a parting shot. You really are pathetic, Alan. How does it feel to be pitied by the one you love? Do you really want Shion's sympathy that much? And Alan just snaps back that he's not here for sympathy. He's, he's here, here for because-
0: sympathy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's here because he knows how much that Xian has been suffering for ages unspoken in this is since some asshole up and died on her I wanted to be there by her side I wanted to cry for her and take that pain so she didn't have to and Xian begins getting this like cringe moment stop, stop, quit, no and he keeps going I know that I may not be able to do much in this world but I would do absolutely anything for her So then, do you think you could take her away from me? Shion may find your feelings to be too much of a burden for her. And this is when Alan gets a shit-eating grin through the blood? Yes! Even if that was the case, the feelings I have won't ever change for her. Like you said, I'm a pathetic man. I could only watch from afar for so long, but unlike you, I've never run away. I'm taking Shion back no matter what happens. And Kevin just goes, all right then I'll grant your wish. And he unloads on Alan.
2: But then, when the fucking dust clears, Cosmos is standing there holding him up. She's propping his ass up and she says, mm-hmm. it's all right, Alan, you're almost there. I, too, understand your feelings. I can feel your pain and I can also feel Shion's pain. Let's go to her together. One of the only times in the games that Cosmos
0: has been super great.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this moves. oh. It rolls so hard. It's And it's, you know, it's because uh, Mary Magdalene has finally awoken within her instead of like being, you know, in like a, a sunken torpor zone for so long. So the two begin hobbling over at Alan's absolute fastest pace and Shion is asking them to stop. Kevin, meanwhile, is not lowering his hand, threatening them both now, saying, is this your will, Mary? This is not Wilhelm's command cosmos was never following wilhelm's command in the first place and is having none of this shit and is not slowing she says i must protect shion his will is irrelevant to me kevin responds and calls her truly a failure and says that mary's consciousness has warped inside her cosmos is not reacting to his shit anymore just staring right into shion's eyes as she assists a barely mobile alan saying tell me shion is this what you want Do you want to betray everyone? Doesn't this make you sad? There's a pause, and then the two women are just staring, and Kevin just screams, Stand back, Mary! And fires. But the shot goes awry, because Shion, woken up from her I love Kevin stupor for just long enough, that she has leapt onto his arm with her shield out, deflecting the shot, or or, uh, or turning his arm away as he's firing, rather. RIP
0: to your arm bones, by the way. Oh, for
2: sure.
3: (laughs) I guess they're just called Bones, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, Xi'an says, Kevin, all I ever wanted was to be with you, even if that meant I was being used, even if I was being deceived. As long as I could be by your side. But now I know that's not true. It's wrong for me to sacrifice others for that. If I do, I'm just running away into the past, repeating the misery inside me. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) She finally got it. And she just starts walking backwards towards Cosmos and Alan, holding his hand as long as she can. And Kevin says, uh, what are you saying? (laughs) Which should have been really obvious. Uh, But she replies, I really do love you. I'm sure we would be happy together. There's nothing I would want more, actually. But I can't stand the idea of being the only one who finds happiness. If I can't share it with everyone, there's no meaning to happiness. And I don't Uh, want to be alone anymore. Yes. So it finally dawns on Kevin that this is it. He fucked up. His plan failed. And he's just despondent as she tells him, look, if you make me choose, I'm going to choose them. We'll save this universe together.
2: I wanna call out the stunned look on Kevin's face when Shion finally rejects him. Oh, yeah. His absolutely masterful facial and bodily animation for a PS2 game, much yeah. less one with the development history that this one had. Like it was it felt like like acting. I was like, oh damn, he is hurting and shocked. I loved it. Yeah, it's it seemed like, mocapped.
0: To be fair to him, right? Like, why would he believe that this would be the moment that she would break free of an entire life of brainwashing by him?
2: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and it's, and it's the fact that it's the realization that happiness spent, if like as the only two living souls in the universe left, would be completely meaningless, essentially. Like, I, I love that that's what snaps her out of it, too. It's, mm-hmm. It's very power of friendship shit, but like delivered in a really like philosophically powerful way or at least much more powerful than power of friendship shit is usually.
0: Oh, my God. Imagine being Sele and just your entire life just hanging out in robots with the rest of Sele. Like, is that was that really all you thought about? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just hate. Se- you'd be stuck with all these other guys. They suck at just as much as you. That would be over <laughs> in a week. Sailor is Again. even
1: funnier because in the original series, their plans are all going great until they let a fucking twink off the leash and then everything goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's right. Ugh. Uh, Evangelion, leash your twinks is the moral of the story. Yikes. That's right. Some people are into that.
1: Quite a lot of twinks, actually.
3: <laughs> uh, so, then... In a top 10 anime bad boyfriend move, Kevin's response to this is to say, I see. Well, I'll just eliminate those who confuse you. And then he sets himself on fire, gets all garbed up in this ornate armor and summons a floating sword. And it looks pretty sick, but it also feels very weird for this uh, (laughs) for this particular game.
0: It looks like they just stole, like, I think his name is Judge Bergen there's
3: a, the FF12 judge that looks exactly like this. This reminded me of, you know, in Persona 5 when Crow goes like evil for the boss fight. Like it reminded me of that, actually. Oh, my God. How do I remember that his name is
0: Judge Bergen? Oh, my God. It is the guy.
1: <laughs> OK, yeah, this was a few months after FF12. All right.
0: First time in my life, Chris Taylor remembers anything and it's the least important thing possible.
1: <laughs> yeah you can't even remember the judge who gave you a parking ticket
0: I don't they never received a parking ticket
3: well that's because anyway, you're a law lined little bitch
0: look in recording text
3: it is exactly <laughs> uh-huh. this yeah I yeah. think it's the helmet that mostly does it oh like my god that helmet. and the neck thing This is this fight is a very
0: defensive battle here. Kevin is the hardest hitting on foot enemy in the game, has hella buffs to throw around, immune to all status debuffs, and just loves to do curse. And like um, he's basically resistant to all of the elements that aren't fizz beam and absorbs fire, which uh, locks a character to down as choices. If you have anti revenge here. You can get around how annoying he is a lot of the time, but if you want, fireproofing is probably better. The way the thing I did here was just to um out DPS him because the this is the fight where I figured out, oh, you can trigger double off of revenge. So mm. double it like increasing revenge is probably the best thing to do because then you get three hits in and Jin does like
2: four thousand in attack and two thousand mm. every time he's targeted. God, yeah. I think Jin's ultra spell is the is the most powerful of all of the ultra spells. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Him, Momo, and Cosmos have
0: the best one because the other two learn Blood mm-hmm. Dancer, which is just like if you did three offensives in a row.
1: You realize everyone well, gets two of them, right?
0: Yeah, but yeah. only but only one of them is usually good. It's Heaven's Tracker and Blood Dancer are the good ones.
2: I did not max out any of my characters, so got it yeah like purposely no. well cuz i i didn't do any side quests or uh grind once so Ma- max I out was... meaning down both trees presumably is what right yes yes yes, yes 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 oh,
3: yes okay yeah cuz i i made it through both trees with most of my characters
2: None of my characters made it past the 200 skill point cost tier of the second tree. So I still had one more tree after that to go to max out mm. any of my characters.
0: I made it into the final one, but I was um, because I was spending points in raw stats because that's a good investment. So I had a bunch of EX skills instead. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, actually, now that I think about it, Jin, Cosmos, Shion and Momo had all the way through. Because those were the ones I used, so they got a lot of the finishing strike bonuses.
0: Kinky Jin, Jin Cosmos, and Momo is definitely like you want to just murder a guy. This is the party. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the best defense you can have for this fight is probably uh, like Hydra heal equip members. If you have that, otherwise just the resist fire uh, rings. But like he will still own you. But his best moves are all fire. Yeah. Otherwise, you keep your healers alive or you still have like 70 of the uh, revive from death with all your EP. It's fine unless you get RNG'd out because Kevin loves to boost.
1: Yeah, let's just he has a lot of phase shifts, which are brutal status changes. Halfway in, he preps for a special attack, Immoral Meridian, and I don't think you can survive this without one of those aforementioned accessories even defending massive single-target fire damage.
0: If you have the guard boost, it's—oh, a Moral Meridian. No, that's just a one-shot no
1: matter no, what. No, I, I think mm-hmm. that's just a kill without a fire resist.
0: Yeah, without a fire resist, even guarding, you're taking like 70k. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, his buffs will start escalating at this phase 2. Obviously, he does the thing every boss by this point does with Overtaker for more boosts. And then to be an absolute dick, he'll pull out one of the ultimate skills, Heaven's Tracker, for three turns of nothing but crits.
0: Aha, uh-huh. and this is when he started boosting me and doing his AoE every turn. and got like four turns in a row, multiple times in this fight. <laughs> Woof.
1: Oof. In the last third of the fight, that gets way more problematic because he moves from one all-party attack, Lightning Three to two when he unlocks Destructive Impulse, a potent but not as potent all-party fire attack. If he's in crit mode, wave goodbye to some people. Yeah,
0: it's like 40k on an unguarded crit.
1: And finally, his last trick is at low HP, he whips out Abyss Walker, another one of those ultimate skills that renders him immune to physical for three turns. If you can last those few rounds, you've got this. His final words in the battle are, Shion, come back to me! And the cloud of smoke around him extinguishes with the fight over. Oh, this is a great
0: last boss, mechanically. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's hard, and I definitely wiped one time, but I enjoyed it. It's It's nice that he's never completely immune to everything, and it's also nice that... There are ways to resist basically everything except for that one attack, Immoral Meridian. I also, I think the problem with the just let him die and then seven moons them to resurrect them, I think it would only, I don't know, it it feels like I would lose a lot of turns that way.
0: No, because people, because items are fast, so that character will act first next turn, and characters who get revived go into the current turn queue if they were dead when the turn started. So if okay. Kevin goes last and he kills somebody on the previous turn, if you revive them in the next because you know how it's like in blocks of four, right? They'll just right. get slotted in and get a move right away. Oh, interesting. OK, so it it costs basically
3: nothing. I I toyed with this boss because I mean, I didn't kill him immediately, but I did summon Erde Kaiser did a bunch of damage and was like, "All right, I have like three thousand health left. Let me just see if I could do a finish strike." And I just missed it, <laughs> but definitely mm-hmm. didn't get hit with any of these bad attacks. Uh, you know, think The one thing that I
0: think is a bummer about this boss fight is the immune to status effect. When I think it would have been a better fight if he was mm-hmm. not immune, but cleansed everything after one turn. That way, mm-hmm. like when he's in yeah. crit, I could keep him from. I could use like um like a lot boost lock on him. Right. And if mm. I keep spamming it, I limit the damage output possibility.
3: You just, you can't interact with him as much as I would like. You mean? Sure. So like, I mean, that's, that's a pretty common thing in this game, right? There isn't a lot of working with the AI, right? You just kind of have a set. Well, there, react there to.
0: is because enemies aren't immune to stuff. Usually. Mm-hmm.
1: Also regarding your comment about bosses and cleansing, I will continue my Trails of Cold Steel as the successor to this game's battle system comment. Mm. In that game, statuses, debuffs, etc., huge part of things with the strategic layer of the battles. Bosses have an innate ability where they can only be afflicted with them for one consecutive turn. It's Great, actually, that's an, the ideal. Yeah, that's a really good way to make it so you can't just cheese them, but they're still useful.
0: See that? I'm as smart as the best JRPG.
3: Suck it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I, think to make that, I think to make that work, though, you would definitely need to have the status effect land pretty much 100% of the time when you do. Well, that's them. how it works in Xenosaga, right? You don't miss if a guy
0: can be affected uh, by it. You just hit him, right? No, I've I don't missed. think I've ever missed a
2: status. It's percentage based. Sure I, I don't ever remember missing a status unless the person was immune to that status, personally. Yeah, But... I, I, I could be forgetting stuff. I mean, I've definitely
3: cast. Oh, yeah, I did use the Hilbert effect in these last few battles, and I don't think. I remember doing it once and not seeing anything land, which was kind of wild. Well, it only works on Gnosis. Mm, no, it worked. Well, I guess is the final boss of Gnosis. No, nope. like. machine. Well, it worked on it worked on the machine, though. which is well, weird
0: right you get you can get level one down debuffs, but if you use it on gnosis, they get level three
2: down in all stats. um mm-hmm. oh, nice, so the aftermath of this fight is is underwhelming to say the least uh because they have to keep Kevin around for plot turns later, so he can't have a big glorious death now. He starts trying to sweet talk Xi'an again, but this time it's way, way more sinister and therefore way more desperate feeling is he's like full-on gaslighting her saying no you're just confused you don't want this etc etc uh his next move is to then begin aiming a hand at alan again and she steps in the way herself this time before he can try again wilhelm summons him back like a dog saying that he's out of time chaos reacts to the voice but kevin just walks deeper into the complex and vanishes congrats We now have the very last database entry in the game. The next room is the very end of the game, so please save... So, one thing that I forgot to bring up when we were talking about the, you know, Alan's courage showdown with Kevin. So, this testament isn't dead, but now all of the testaments are basically defeated, and every single one of them talks extremely smugly about all of the dumb things that mortals do to run away from the certainty of death. That's what, like, Albedo's whole thing was. You know, Kevin talks about how humans are powerless and we do such dumb things to escape. But, like, also, all of, and this is the thing that Alan points out so well, all of them transcended death specifically because they were cowards who, Didn't think they could do everything that they wanted to do with just their own mortal power. So in conclusion, all the testaments are chump made. Thank you for coming to my TED talk.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, from there, walk one room deeper and we see a massive device that you can't identify on your. Yes, you can. You see See this thing a million times. Is is this the thing on it, like a big version of
0: the compass? It's not the
1: compass. The compass is off to the side.
0: Oh, you don't. Oh, don't you see the giant spinning rings down the hallway?
1: The rings aren't the compass. That's Zarathustra.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, oh, 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 I just thought that
1: was the the scaled
2: up thing. Yeah,
1: no, no. The compass is actually off to the side in a few of these shots. Yeah, the spinning
2: of the, like, vessels of anima around Zarathustra are probably designed to, like, mirror the compass, but are also their own thing. I wish we got more about that.
0: That's, like, the biggest drop ball is where the ES is, like, interlinked with the mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: We'll go into that next time.
3: Great. (laughs) Right. So just as you enter the full antechamber, a cutscene takes over so you can't explore the room at all the camera pans past Kevin and then a series of robots and then Wilhelm. In all of this, Momo screams, look at that! And points, not to any of the spectacle on display, but instead to Abel, who is floating randomly near Omega. Wilhelm then snaps his fingers and the ESs appear behind the party. Everybody's wondering how he did this because they just warped here. And his response from the other end of the hall is simply, I had a feeling it wouldn't be a good idea to leave them in your hands anymore since they appeared to be awakened. He then turns his face to the party, asking, you don't mind, do you, Yeshua? Then the vessels of anima fly out of the yeses and each one collapses in a heap, sliding off the platform into the gorge below. It's great, actually. I like the way they animated that. Yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, like very well observed, like metal just pieces falling down and, like, sliding about. They all be encircling the Compass of Order and Chaos, which is off to the side. And another cut, we see that the Zohar is placed in something golden. Shian is the only one who
0: realizes that this giant contraption must be Zarathustra. Because she read about it in the Panama Papers, back in the tutorial, uh, the <laughs> in the S-Line division. For this, Wilhelm congratulates her. Your will is truly worthy of being the maiden, and now I will make use of that power. Kevin tries to intervene, but Wilhelm just dresses him down and describes his entire existence as basically a string of failures, ending with, you were of no use. And it's like, yes, sir, and just stands behind him quietly. Ziggy's like, why is Vector's CEO here? I've been asleep the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> and Wilhelm goes on Philosophy 101 saying, That is one of the phrases that defines me. However, words give people many forms. And he lists off all of his titles like he's like ye mid-olde, mid-olden monk. You know what it made me think of, Ryan, unrelated, is uh, when Grand Magnificent writes that letter, it has like 40 titles in a row.
2: Yes! Oh, so
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Grand Magnificent, sovereign immunity. Uh, so, right, SI. So, uh, yeah. And he goes, So far, the only one who could really define me is you, Yeshua.
2: And then they don't d- go into that, really. Nope. But uh, also, I want to point out, this is, once again, Xenosaga mixing in its early Christianity references with its uh, Jewish references, because Joshua was one of, like, Moses' faithful disciples, not mm-hmm. Jesus's faithful disciples. So, you know, just throwing that out there, Xenosaga. Come on. Mm-hmm. So for mixing, what it's worth. Mixing that shit again
1: could still be the same guy because he would have been immortal either way
2: i mean sure yeah
3: that's very true yeah. uh, and imagine there'd there be there'd be a lot of jews named yeshua like that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> like <and laughs> let's be real it's not a unique name <laughs> shout out sure. to
0: joshua imagine being so lame you're only known for a tree <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> He says he'd like to start up Zarathustra using Shion's key, and she says she's not going to. He claims he knew as much when she rejected Kevin, because the preciousness of limited life, the beauty of death. You're intoxicated by that narcissism. Just jerk off motion. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he doesn't care if she dies as long as he gets his goal and then begins explaining Zarathustra in detail. It is a system devised by people in ancient times used to ascend to the realm of God, and it's orchestrated... By Mary and powered by Yeshua.
1: (laughs) So as he keeps harping on the name Yeshua every three lines, finally, someone figures out where he keeps looking and pointing and everything. And Sheon's like, uh, chaos, who and or what is he talking about? (laughs) I didn't transcribe a lot of Wilhelm's dialogue because it all fucking sucks. Yeah, yep. blah, blah, blah. The collective subconscious connects the universe. We can restart the universe by acting on that. We will toss whole repetitions of the universe into the flow of imaginary time. Techno babble like mad.
0: We want to do a third impact to, re- to time rewind repeatedly. That's the plot. The, I,
2: the, the, uh, should Go I for- save this for the summary wrap up episode? Because, like,. I read all the shit that they wanted me to read in the codex that makes me understand what's, what is truly let's going do it on next here. Time. Yeah, oh, do, let's it do it next, next time. time because, because next
1: time is where I moved all the codex stuff. I skipped a database entry for this one because we're going to run long.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's be yeah. real. Like, people playing this game, no one's going to read all of the database. No. Unless you're editing, a, unless you're writing the fandom wiki. So right. the, the normal person perspective here is this is a
3: bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm one hundred percent one hundred percent yes and the informed version of this is this is a bunch of bullshit but (laughs) also cool right yes but also cool that's the thing
0: and i want to get to the also cool like i'm here Uh i love a bunch of techno babble bullshit fuck me up on that but you gotta connect it together it needs to be a bunch of nouns that i understand the meaning of and how they connect not just a bunch of nouns absolutely Mm -hmm.
1: Finally, he gets back to words, and in short, (laughs) I hijacked Zarathustra, which was probably not meant for this purpose, for this purpose. I'm going to abuse Abel and Abel's Ark, the two ways that Udu, who is God, observes the universe, by sealing them away in the cosmic reboot. Uh, Back to direct quotes from his speech. We will cover the eyes of God, remove his influence from this world, and affect the recurrence of wills through Zarathustra.
0: I will be turning it off and back on again.
2: This is such a big fucking amount of power to entrust yourself to do it like the he's trying to be this like very removed like well that you know he's he's, he's he's kind of trying to be sovereign from the mass effect series of like this is just simply my duty this is just what i have to do in order to save the universe but like this guy made the decisions to entrust this power to himself and to like keep keep the realms of god and man safe by keeping them apart by covering the eyes of god like that's That's a that's a pretty big fucking deal to do there, my guy. Well, come on. (laughs) The his approach is interesting because his
0: approach is not the to, to save the world. I must destroy it. Right. His approach is actually I want to. It does suck for everyone alive right now, but I want to perpetually protect the existence of free will. You just have this limited range in which to do it because this will always happen. It's not purely a villainous motivation, right? It's just it removes the agency of is this what we really want?
2: Well, and it. Yeah,
0: sure.
3: I we could go into this next time. I mean, there's also self-present. I mean, there's well, we can. We'll get
0: it. We'll get into this when chaos speaks later, because they're basically like, this is the same perspective. It's just you should let people pick if this is what they want to
1: do.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to leave the goo or not?
1: <laughs> uh the claim is that the maiden is needed for this to start Zarathustra and Mary can lead the wills of the universe to the device. Sheont for a second time stresses she is not going to do this. Plus, mankind doesn't want this. It's why they're all fighting to survive in the moment as we speak. And Wilhelm gets a little smugger. Oh, you sure? There's a lot of people right on our doorstep who want to reject things and return to the old ways. Jin is the first one in the room to put together the Gnosis. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out, they are all people who are so against fading away or returning to the collective unconscious that they seek a nihilistic desire to restart everything at all costs for that fleeting hit of life.
0: It turns out the tradition they embrace is being like primordial goo monsters. yeah. (laughs)
1: Wilhelm finishes monologuing and says we need to get on with things. Shion, get in the circle. She gives him the bird,
2: and so... And so we're back into FMV world again. Uh, <laughs> the cool zone. Um, <laughs> Wilhelm just yanks Shion up into the air with an orb of capital D, darkness, straight out of Kingdom Hearts, connecting her to the device. He then slams the party to the ground just to make his job easier while he does so. Cosmos, however, because she is you know, Cosmos married superwoman uh is still standing wilhelm tries to override her to keep her out of the way and so suddenly we are flashing back to that time that shion and kevin fucked because why um apparently this is a way uh this is the way that she's reaching out to kevin in the moment to ask for his help which works which is so funny just like hey hey remember remember that post nut clarity we had that one time <laughs> well, well like a, this there. is a much better scene also
0: like the the framing yeah. he like the like the the setting, like the looking out at the stars and stuff. It's all like this is much more tasteful than it's been before. Like I like this scene um, actually. Yeah.
2: No, it's very good. Yeah. No, sorry. I, we're it's I'm, just so rushed.
0: Yeah, yes, it is rushed.
2: talking about it jovially, but it is it is good. Yeah. It is emotional. I, and the, but the thing is,
3: I mean, you could tell also they are reusing a scene because this is really the only time we've seen Sheon and Kevin act as a couple. Or like have any like intimate or private moments, right? So like, of course, they're gonna go back to it. There was that time she held his corpse. Moment.
0: That was pretty intimate.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and there was yeah, also that runs a fluid in the excha- family, and also yeah. there was a fluid exchange there too, but it was very different. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Blood play, non-con.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, we have an episode title. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Okay. Kevin, because the psychic reach out worked, um, almost called it a psychic reach around. Um, <laughs> I
3: so
2: see Ghostbusters.
3: It's. Bustin',
2: Because the psychic reach out works, Kevin just walks up from behind Wilhelm and karate chops the man's entire arm off. Let's go! <laughs> It's so fucking good. rules and there's no blood in either version. Wilhelm sniffs and says, satisfied. It seems like Wilhelm also expected this the betrayal, some act of lashing out for sheon And so is like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, you were expected to do this. And Kevin is absolutely speechless. Is like, wait, you knew? Wilhelm just goes, well, yeah, you never wanted order for the universe, only your own personal desires, an eternal world for the two people in love. And so he grants it in a monkey's paw fashion, linking Kevin's form to Shion's as he tortures her and thus the both of them and is like, you know, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It must Mm -hmm. suck to be a monkey and always have a monkey's paw. Two of them.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he orders Mary to bring Shion to him because she will suffer endlessly, not permitted to die, and only you can release her. So Cosmos walks over. Gently removes the pendant from Shion's neck and walks onto the dais beside Wilhelm, and then she crushes it in front of him. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's just, it's amazing that so much of this plan was uh, built around this uh, tiny, fragile object. Although I guess Cosmos is strong enough that (laughs) she could break crystal pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. But hilariously, he starts doing the, you fool, you've doomed the universe speech. And she doesn't even respond She just walks back down to check on Xi'an. And then we cut to her face where her eyes have returned to their normal standard red, telling him. Mary is not here right now. (laughs) Beep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is all made better by the giant vortex that is opening up in Wilhelm's stomach because Kevin has stopped holding back as well and just shoved his hand through Wilhelm's abdomen
2: fuck yes yeah
3: i how is this shown in the in the original because like in the u.s version it's just a bunch of white light coming out oh of no it. it's
2: a it's a bunch of white light in in the japanese okay. version they too. just cut around some of the angles like yeah, you don't yeah. get a
1: clear shot you just see there's this glowing hole like uh whenever mm-hmm. albedo had a limb ripped off in the first game that sort of light gotcha gotcha
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole lot of people putting hands through other people in this mm-hmm. series.
1: Well, he uh, learned it from watching Albedo. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what you do move. to tiny
1: people. Look.
3: Oh, Kevin, tell much. What? No,
1: you're <laughs> oh, robo- sorry. Everyone went silent.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, no, it's you because robot-ed you roboted, robot-ed Mr. joke.
1: Oh, thank God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it'll Matt, be on recording. Matt will, <laughs> yeah, Matt will be upset about it later. <laughs> Kevin tells him it's time to go. We've been rejected by this world and them and Wilhelm, not a big fan of that goes humans. I mean, your humans are rejecting me. They don't understand how precarious this universe is. This frail world standing on a single thread. And Kevin just goes, I don't know, man. And they're like, they got here on their own and they seem pretty determined to walk that line under their power. And, uh, Wilhelm denying the agency of humanity and, uh, gas goes, no, nah, I think we're fine. Don't worry about it. And, uh, <laughs> Wilhelm says, I didn't expect to hear this from you. And Chaos says, the world is more flexible than you think. Even now, ripples are spreading through the whole universe. Wilhelm makes mention of Chaos unleashing his powers and challenging his fate. And Chaos says, it's quite doable, especially since I'm not alone and my friends are here with me. Just... (laughs) But Wilhelm gets the last laugh and we pan back to...
1: Abel upside down and screaming inside Omega. The robot is floating in front of the golden circle Zarathustra now. Suddenly, there is a black energy whirlwind swinging around and the ESs are swept into it from the chasm below. Then the compass. Then the platform, Zohar and all. Zarathustra was not activated, but it has been charged by all this bullshit. And Kevin pleads with Wilhelm to stop the system, but he's just like, to what end? It's out of control. The entire universe will be consumed in this power, within these countless wills that reject each other, having nowhere to go.
2: The mechs are all beginning to absolutely wreck one another in the chaos. Kevin starts trying to swallow the energy into himself, with Wilhelm saying, It'll destroy him. Wipe him from this universe. Kevin is fine with it and is like, well, I won't be the only one. Whatever he's doing, though, it is stabilizing the chaos. The ESs go limp once again, some flung above the party's heads. Zarathustra, the Zohar, Omega, and everything else forms one terrifying hole in the center of the vortex. It's enormous, but it's kind of... Hard to parse. I mean, it just looks like a mecca that's being dwarfed by a plate behind it. At the end of the day, it's busy as fuck. It's extremely it, busy.
0: It is. It is somehow more busy than like Orphan was.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chaos and Kevin both urge Shion to get up, smash the system literally while they have this chance. Chaos says the future isn't set in stone. With the power of your wills, you can shape it into a future you desire
1: that's a pretty good chaos.
2: Thanks. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, So it's final boss time. Now this isn't, isn't the most challenging battle because uh, if you did any of the optional side content, this isn't quite at that level. You don't have a million HP like with Omega id or neither. Is it as complex as the Kevin fight was a uh, giant boon to this battle is making sure that someone has an accessory or an ability to display enemy stats. Because uh, when the battle begins, Zarathustra resists everything but physical. So you want to do what you can to build a breakage. Because uh, while it's a nightmare to get there, the ability to take a few rounds and uh, kick the boss at its teeth goes a long way. The only major threat in the first chunk of this fight is Transvolans, which is an all-party physical attack. Like all of Zarathustra's attacks, it rockets your breakage upwards a lot. Uh, when it connects Uh, your signal that it's about to switch gimmicks is that the core begins to gather energy. You get a message. And uh, this means that it's preparing to use embryon an all target low damage, massive break attack. Afterwards, chaos of Zarathustra kicks in. And this is where things will go south if they ever do for you, because here it swaps most of its attacks in this phase using an attack called Compto Trio to change elemental resistances uh, very frequently. And uh, a good tip to do, if you're able to, is use Blood Dancer or Heaven's Tracker and just use it to absolutely pound the mech when it has a weakness you can abuse. And Zarathustra then later gains the ability to nullify turds because chaos, I guess.
2: So I point of, I guess, clarification or question for me is So I had Cosmos in my party, and when the Chaos of Zarathustra kicked in, I hit it with just a couple of tech attacks from Cosmos, and I got a text message saying Cosmos's attack breaks chaos, or like, you know, causes chaos to calm down, or I don't remember the exact wording, but... That means you can't
0: skip your next turn, right?
2: Yes. Well, and also it stopped Compto Trio Wing and it then stayed on that elemental resistance for the remainder of the fight and I was just is that right. is that huh. cosmos specific or is that just when you break when you eventually break the chaos? That's
0: the element and the the breaking the chaos happens repeatedly and then you can the thing is is that this is a phase and the phase you just have to do enough hp damage
2: but your best attacks are fire attacks like valkyrie or whatever right right but i guess what i was asking was if you attack it enough with another character do you just get that message that says that yes. like yeah, oh you, you, you got get it with attacks. momo okay too. okay, okay. It's, that's yeah
0: it's you do that's... enough damage in the correct element so like you can get it off of like a uh, firebolt three if you built momo the right way
2: right 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 okay
0: Your next transition warning comes when the mech regenerates its arms and the compass will begin spinning towards order. This means that it's charging up to do Lumen Nebulae, which is its uh, insta-kill move on a single target. Surviving that, there's just another quarter of the fight that says, Warning, the circles of order and chaos are resonating. This means another special is coming. circuitos, an all-target massive damage smash. Don't let yourself be broken and spend all your boost to heal before if you must. This is the final way it's likely to kill you in the fight. And if you live, it's nearly impossible to fuck up in the final phase. I never even saw this move. The fight was over before this happened. <laughs> a riff forms in space time, and this is your final countdown clock. Kill Zarathustra now before three-ish turns pass. Otherwise, game over, universe over, everyone's fucked. Smoke them if you got them. This is the last boss.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Is there a cool cutscene if that happens? Nope. Nope. Just game not. over. Yeah. Oh.
0: Whatever the so, move animation
3: is.
2: Because I was probably underleveled, this fight was extremely hard. The most annoying thing is during this not the f- not the like last last countdown clock phase, which I was able to burn down pretty quick, but the last main phase. He really likes to boost and do two lumen nebulis in a row, which just insta kills two people in a row, basically, unless oh, shit, you i have I've never seen that. Yeah, unless you have uh, I had so I had defensive up and I would have Cosmos guard and if I did that then she would survive. But usually, yeah, I would be like losing two people in one turn and I would have to burn boost to get them revived up again so that I didn't get wiped. And so I never accumulated enough boost to do any special attacks. And so this was just a war of attrition for me. Did you never use Gold Crown? Uh, what is oh is gold Crown Momos, yeah, no, wait, what's okay? I didn't do it enough, I guess,
0: yeah, it it's like three tiers up, like if you stacked three defensives for everything and haste,
2: damn, okay, yeah, I should have been well, using it more. It is the best move in the game, it is
1: one of the most broken buffs in this whole series, a series that Momo trivializes,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, is
3: that a uh is that a regular spell or is that a special attack? It's a it's boost. A, it's it only a, costs like
2: three or two. It is way too cheap. It is her tier three okay. uh, special attack. Yeah.
3: Mm. Okay. Yeah.
0: And like, unlike everyone else, the game doesn't care about Momo, so she just gets it from leveling up.
2: <laughs> yeah. The text <laughs> is like, you know, boosts the stats of all party members, and you don't yes, know. How it doesn't huge tell you anything. Is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, to tell you how this fight went, I smashed this fight extremely hard. I never saw Embryon. We got through the second phase in a single round because Damn. I had uh, just done a bunch of buffs and Valkyrie did like 8000 damage and then Momo did like four with a firebolt. <laughs> Shit. And then I never saw Lumen nebula either. Mm-hmm. I got the warning that yeah. the Circles of Order
3: or Chaos are resonating and I won on the next round. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. I mean... Again, broken record here. So I cast um, offensive <laughs> Hilbert effect, Erde Kaiser, which did 35,000 damage and broke the boss. And then I cast it again for 70,000 damage and killed it. Jesus. Hell yeah. Like I and it only has 70,000 health. Like, yeah. Just completely clowned on him. Did not see any of this. In man, I don't know. Double attacks are way too strong. Yeah, there's just a lot of tuning things.
1: I guess I just want to ask one question. Is it better that it's very easy, unless, unfortunately, you are Ryan, to get (laughs) through this boss in a variety of ways and short-circuit its gimmick? Or do we feel that it sucks that the final boss is just kind of a pushover that accidentally falls on its face and dies? But you still get to see it. I think it sucks. I think
0: the platonic ideal of a last boss is I I don't mind that a last boss is easy, right? Like look at the mm-hmm. look at the Final Fantasy X like you, Yevon stuff that
4: mm-hmm. you can't
0: even lose that, but that fucking rocks. Yes, you can. How do you? How can could you? you possibly lose
1: that? Did I tell you about the time that I accidentally sequence broke the game and turned that fight into an infinite loop?
0: <laughs> oh no!
1: Well. <laughs> No,
0: without trying, you cannot or I get I don't know just how you could possibly do that. Yeah,
1: Uh, I got or I got Magus sisters without getting one of the prior summons. So it kept wanting me to summon them and throw them away. But oh, yeah. So there was this ghost that just kept the fight going. Which one can you miss? Um, I think it was uh, Seymour's Clam Mom.
3: Anima? Yeah, that that shouldn't be. It, that's a plot one. I thought. that.: yeah, was I think I. I no, no, it's, it's not plot. closed. That's optional. Oh. You have to. Oh, you're right, you're you right, have to right. go
0: to the temple later and do that extremely hard boss that petrifies you underwater, instantly killing you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense, right? Because that one is easy to find because you already have the coordinates of that. So of course they would expect you to have the other one first in the original version. That makes sense to me. I think the platonic ideal of like a JRPG final boss is one that's easy, but feels challenging like um, Mm -hmm. Orphan in Final Fantasy 13. It feels really dangerous because your health keeps getting dropped to one all the time, but it's like really hard to lose. And I think that's what Uh, I
3: prefer. I disagree with that because I got killed in that fight multiple times because of just bad luck with uh, after the judgment move. I tried. Uh, <laughs> there's no way to boost faster. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I would try to, like, go into heal mode before it even hit. And sometimes it would still kill me because it would shoot lasers. Just, just murder everyone. Yeah, this boss doesn't feel dangerous is the
0: problem, right? Like,
3: it doesn't. It's uh, not that
0: it's easy. It's that it doesn't feel like
3: a last boss to me. No, I think the thing is what the way to make this, if you're going to give people skills to do so much damage, like do it multi-phase, but have it with multi health bars, right? Or you reset your once. shit
0: in between phases.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or do do something else. Yeah. Because like Say
1: for Seproth versus that last
3: victory lap fight.
0: Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. the, the real problem is that it doesn't interact with you in any way other than doing
3: damage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the thing is like it's bad if the boss has all of these mechanics and you don't have to see it, right? Yeah. Because then you did a lot of work for nothing.
0: This is like a giant gnosis to me. <laughs> yeah,
2: I had a very, very different experience with this boss because like it casts Misty and Rasp a bunch, which either yeah, it like that's annoying debilitates your ether or your um techs. And I was like constantly having to revive my people mm-hmm. and then EP them up and everything. It, this was this was a yeah. very hard boss fight for me.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I totally forgot to mention that part of the reason why I abused urday Kaiser Sigma so much was because of Heaven's Door, because love to have every single thing in the game cost one EP. Mm, like mm-hmm. super overpowered well even without
0: that you have so much ep to come by so like let's say yeah let's say that i wasn't chris taylor right and i didn't buy and i didn't do the item jank that i did this fight you still have infinite hp because like uh all of the characters in the best party can learn recover EP, which costs 18, and it restores a certain amount of EP every turn for like 10 turns. It's basically forever. But the amount that it restores scales with your max EP. So mm-hmm. like Momo had like 400 and would get like 30 back
3: every turn. It's like impossible to oh, run out. Okay, basically. Yeah. yeah, I never got those skills. I never spent it because they were very expensive. And I'm like, I never felt a squeeze for EP in a fight. So, also, a thing
1: yeah. that we haven't mentioned is that there are multiple pre raise skills, like best ally or safety, which I, d- yeah. I did so- not
0: bother with those because it would take three turns to do. And the best way to not die is to kill the boss before it kills you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Yeah, so it- I- <laughs> my problem was I, re- I promise that the only reason I ran out of EP bet is because the boss didn't kill me, so I didn't get to do
3: seven moons but you did you sell all of your like ep recovery kits oh absolutely oh i i stopped selling them because i didn't need the money <laughs> uh well i needed the mo-
0: i I, re- I needed the money to um because i bought every es weapon available just to have the maximum amount of configurability to play with it i needed to mm-hmm. sell all that shit near the yeah. end to uh get the cosmos gotcha weapon. gotcha yeah and you ended up not needing to do that at all <laughs> nope but i did end the game with exactly 69 seven moons Hell yeah. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Thematically cool boss. Mechanically extremely underwhelming for me. What level were you at around, Ryan?
2: Oh gosh. Um, I don't even know. I'm sorry. I stopped paying attention to my level number and was only looking at skill line.
0: That's okay.
2: I ended at like 60 after Kevin, I think. That's about the same for me. I was probably a good six or seven levels underneath that, at least.
0: That makes sense, then, because raw stats... Um, Ziosaga is a small number in regard... game
1: in regard to yeah. raw stats. I yeah. completely big-dicked it with the secret shop. Everybody must go 99s on 99s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Do you have more, Ryan?
2: Oh, I I, I mean, I had I had fun with, with it as a fight, is the thing is, like, it, it wasn't unenjoyable for me and so i'm honestly like i feel like i might have had the preferred experience than one that yeah. got trivialized by yeah. all of the op shit that you can do at this point it mm-hmm. it was
0: fun to fucking crush it but it was also a little disappointing because that was it you know mm-hmm. sure sure yeah. yeah also also the music is not that good it is a big shame to me that that kick-ass song got wasted on a mech fight with yuriev and instead mm-hmm. of like here mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah agreed So, we return to reality where, still with an arm through him, clearly no longer in control no matter how much he postures, Wilhelm tries one final guilt trip. Is this the fate you desire, Yeshua?
0: Before we move on, just for for the listeners who have not played, I hope we are ready for a feature film-length ending.
2: Yeah, for real.
1: Yeah. We are at something like, from this point on, roughly 40 minutes, depending on how fast you read some text boxes. That's not a joke. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Saga 1's back, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Wilhelm says Abel is currently under the thumb of his system, which we will find out is the UMN basically coming from him. And if he, the operator, dies, that's going to leave a terminal of God on possible berserk mode after all the torture and screaming we just put this kid through. But Chaos says nope. He has made his choice. He believes in the light of human beings' will. All Wilhelm can say as he vanishes is, Very well, that does sound like you, Yeshua. The same light that consumed him begins to move on to Kevin, but Cosmos walks forward to Shion and holds out her hand. It's not to take Shion's, but instead to hold up the remnants of the pendant. Inside that crystal was two rose petals, and then a white light blooms before...
2: Before Shion and Kevin are all of a sudden in the anime void, a white room with a pendant remnants float behind this whole entire conversation. He says that maybe he wanted this all along and that this moment is undercut by reminding us oh, wait, he was a teenager and she was eight when they met, and he kept going on with this plan because he was already on Team Wilhelm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get into this more as soon as I'm done with this little scene here. So Shion says that she knows that the petals were something that blossomed with their love and reaches out for him. She says that it's because of him that she got this far, and because of him, she'll keep going. In the only kind thing he's said to her since reaching Mictum, he nods and says, That's right. You'll be fine now. His final words are, I'm glad I got to see you smile again. Hang in there. The world is waiting for you. Hang in there is such a fucking funny uh, choice of words for this. and then hanging on the branch that's all anyone ever thinks of after when you say hang in there now
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you judo
2: yep and then the light vanishes as back in reality she does thank kevin this is so weird It, it i mean it's like emotionally powerful but also we've had an entire game of kevin being the worst of all of the antagonists because he, oh has yeah. such like personal animus and just because he sacrifices himself for like for love and the continuation of the universe i'm not i'm not going to forgive him for his garbage and so like there's extremely inspiring music and you know these emotional notes but like it's like no fucking shion was brainwashed the whole time like this this is th- their relationship remained gross through the end. Well, what if I told you that the ending
0: of Xenosaga is very interested in victims thanking their victimizers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because oh uh, let's let's be real. Albido also gets a yep. very undeserved thank you. Yep. Oh god, uh-huh. that's so
2: gross too. Yeah, uh-huh.
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this feels so weird because. Like I talked about this when this first came up during the past Milsha section that they never really show Kevin being loving or showing like any of their relationship in a way that maybe convinced that Kevin had any positive feelings for this. Like you could have told me at the end here that really what he wanted was to bring his mom back and I would have believed you. Right, and then this scene comes in, and I, I don't believe him still. Right, like we're supposed to I believe was, him in this moment. Yeah, I was willing
0: to believe that Kevin had a point all the way up until we kill Kevin, but mm-hmm. he never. There's no demonstration that he can, in fact, make a good and save Sheon. Right. Because if he can, he can you can at least understand how he justifies the life he lived if he really, Mm -hmm. truly loved her and it was within his power. But we never proves that it's within his
3: power. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes him so shitty. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what's so weird again to go back to this like broader plot thing? So if Wilhelm found Kevin at eight years old and Kevin signed on to do the plan. Did Wilhelm know that Shion was around? I guess she would have been just born by then, right? Like, and knew that the maiden was back and knew that he was going to set the two of them up. All
0: right. Well, is this, okay, here's a lore question then. Is this the first time?
3: Well, no. So this, Mm, yeah, no. mm,
0: Because if it's not, he absolutely knows, right?
3: Sure. Uh, I guess we have to wait until Sybil to get back to answer that.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, the way that Wilhelm talks about eternal recurrence with a kind of certainty makes me think that this is not the first time, but that it's like. Uh, and this is probably something for next episode, the like summary episode, but like mm-hmm. there is this idea of using eternal recurrence for prior knowledge like using knowledge of the past to actually change the future for the better instead of repeating over and over and over again was explored in the like past timeline milsha stuff that was all throughout this game yeah and so i do think that that exists as as a counter to wilhelm and so if this has happened before i i don't think that it's happened like this because Xi'an hadn't awoken like this before
3: like i what I would say is that if they were going to do that, they would have said it explicitly, right? Like they would have been like, this has never happened before, or, you know, somebody saying, Oh, this isn't happening. Like we we've heard a lot of, well, this isn't happening according to the script, right? Because Cosmos awakened instead of uh, you know, Telos or whatever. And it didn't seem like that was because we've done repetitions of this. And To be honest, I feel like if that was the case, it makes a lot of this feel weaker because it doesn't feel like much more of this feels predetermined. And a lot of the story here is about free will, right? Like choosing what you want for yourself and like what do you want to be meaningful Mm -hmm. to you, right? So, like, I feel like I mean, in a shallow way,
0: right? Because what you're talking about there. Like that is a that's a that is like a a potential interpretation, Mm -hmm. but I think that's not giving Xenosaga enough credit because it's not necessarily true that if this is a repetition, that free will wasn't demonstrated. Right. Because then you get into free will and predestination can still coexist. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. that you are the person you are and are going to make the choices that you're going to make. But because that's who you are. And that's what sets predestination in motion rather than your entire life being on a script.
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like at a cosmic level And I just I just some... think that Xenosaga
0: is sorry, let me I wanna wrap up one second. Yeah, Xenosaga is a little um like essentialist mm-hmm. to the nature of a person, mm-hmm. up until the point where Cosmos is the one that says it doesn't have to be this way in the ending, right? And she says as much to Shion. So to me, Mm -hmm. it being repetition does not remove the agency of the characters in that way.
3: Yeah, I I can see that. But like, they kind of undercut that with the past Milsha stuff where they tried to change things and yet the same things still occurred. Like the big picture thing still happened.
2: Uh, Yeah, but... Being conscious of what happened is what allows Xion to do all of this stuff here. Like, I don't think that she would be the person she is unless she had to confront what she did in past Milsha head on, or what happened to her that made her do what she did head on. I, I, I
3: feel, I feel like like one of the big themes, right, is just that. I mean, they say it outright: like, you can't run away from your past, and you can't live in your past either. So I guess Wilhelm is just the ultimate, you know, the recurrence is the most ultimate version of that that can be, which is reset well, the
2: universe. The the problem is that they shoehorned Eternal Recurrence into <laughs> the tail end of this game and hastily rushed it so much that we don't know what Wilhelm's perspective on Eternal Recurrence is. It seems like he is literally the like into the Nietzschean form of Eternal Recurrence and... You know, we would need to get into that in mm-hmm. like in order to discuss it. And that is probably for the summary wrap up shit. Yeah. But like, yeah, because I you know, know nothing about that. <laughs> I can say yeah. that.
3: It's, a this man? is
2: a, he. It,
3: <clears throat> I am reading a book. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a book about the history of Yuri manga.
1: Hey, um, I ordered that. This
3: yeah, fucking it's fucking good. <laughs> All right, Sybil,
1: is this the first
0: time or has eternal recurrence happened before?
1: there's an implication that it has definitely happened before and Wilhelm's scheme does not go how it's planned. A lot of us take it as shits on a cyclical loop and this one breaks it.
2: Yeah, that's that's, okay. that's how I felt also.
3: Yeah, same. Yeah, it's... I thought they would have said it more explicitly because I'm also... I've been running into a lot of stories that do this same exact thing. Like, uh, been It's just the Dark m- Tower. Yeah, Dark Tower. I would like it if you want to be hyper current.
2: Redacted.
3: Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can move on from this, but it's interesting to see how this. Yeah, it does feel like this. Uh, the, the recurrence, they get shoehorned in, but it's also there's just a lot of other threads that kind of kind of align with it and then kind of don't align with it. Well, and
2: yeah, all like, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, once again, a lot of the philosophical underpinnings of this game require us to remember constantly that this world is dissipating and that there's only 20 percent of it left and that most most of everyone is just gone now and because it's, it's such a tight focus on these characters it's only at the very end that it actually does feel like the universe is dying and therefore a lot of the philosophical stuff doesn't yep. mm-hmm. land because we're, we've just been so solipsistic for so long. I think that does make it matter more. Everyone being on
0: the way out or gone, I think does make, does make it matter more, not less to me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But then, after all that, Zarathustra draws itself upright and begins powering up. And before anyone can panic, Chaos just goes, nah, I got this. And we zoom in on a red aurid Abel inside the mech. And suddenly, the boy is in the white world himself. And Nephilim asks, so is that your wish? And the child just nods. We return to reality, and the Translution Child is holding the young pilot's hand, free of the mech. And Chaos says, uh, so it's decided? Nephilim says, yes. This phenomenon is being caused by the wills. The Gnosis gathered in Zarathustra with nowhere to go. Together with Abel, I will gather all of the wills into me and dimensionally shift this entire region of space to the land of origin. Lost Jerusalem, a planet once known as Earth. So Abel and Nephilim can't stop entropy. So this won't keep the universe from dissolving someday, but. She suggests that perhaps the light of human wills, perhaps if mankind had enough time to build upon their feelings, then this sacrifice will give our species the time needed to try for the good ending, <laughs> essentially.
0: I missed my chance last episode, but I did have another Chris Taylor critically misunderstands the plot during the ending bit, uh, except this time it was what they say. Oh, you know, Shion, that woman who can help you open the door. I was like, damn, Fabroni is coming back. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> wow! <laughs> the, the plot misunderstander has logged in. At this point, Chaos turns to Shia saying, My power of anima has caused the universe to tread the path towards destruction. To prevent the destruction of the universe and to save me, Mary separated the power of anima into the vessels and sealed them, costing her life. And at this point, everyone is glad Chaos had a new voice actor, because imagine the Xenosaga 1 voice actor saying this. Oof. God. Because of this, he knew he was immortal and he had some powers, but not, you know, this Anima or the universe, that other stuff. The unsealing here at the end brought everything back. He'll wrap things here up here with Zarathustra and the other two. But the planet and everything nearby is about to undergo a very violent dimensional shift. You should probably get the fuck out of here. Junior's concerned about his friend, but Chaos says, We'll meet again, I'm sure about that, and everyone will take this very literally. <laughs> He then mm-hmm. gives Shiot instructions saying this is only gonna buy the universe in ten thousand years or so. We're not stopping the destruction, we're slowing it down. You need to take care of some shit and then come find Lost Jerusalem, the only place that this could be ended. And all of a sudden, Lily's bloom and we enter the FMV zone and big boss is here, and everyone
2: is sad. I'm so fucking mad about chaos. I'm so fucking he mad sucks. about chaos. Mm-hmm. It sucks so bad. You can he's he's been he's been Chekhov's Bishonen for three entire games where you know that he has some big and important power and then All you get here in the game proper is, oh, my power is what led the universe to destruction. And so my power was split until now. And that's it. And it doesn't explain what the fuck the power is. And it doesn't go into any part of his character whatsoever. It fucking sucks. Chaos was failed so bad. Am I stupid? Am I supposed to know what's up with Nephilim also?
1: Not really. Great. Not really.
2: Uh, Equally yeah. dog Nephilim shit. Love it. Kind of explained in a missing year. Kind
0: of. Love the two MacGuffin characters. Well, JK, we'll just resolve the plot for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that sucks
1: ass. Well, also, there's this whole thing where I'll call it out in a sec. Let's just get there. So this next scene is some lovers about to split at the airport shit between Cosmos (laughs) and Shion. (laughs) And Shion just says, I only just got to know the real you, and now I'm losing you again. Please keep in mind, nowhere in any of this has anyone said, hey, Cosmos has to be sealed too. Uh Cosmos then reaches out to brush at Shion's face tenderly and tells her, the moment will spend apart as an instant in the flow of universal time, so please don't be sad, Shion. Sheon, having a tear brushed away from her face, grasps her gal pal's hand and says, "That's unusually vague coming from you, Cosmos." By this point, the two of them are holding hands, and Cosmos replies, "I think it is the most natural thing for me to say, and that too is because of you. Thank you, Shion You're the loving this, aren't you,
0: Matt? What? <laughs> I said you're loving this at this moment, aren't you? <laughs> uh,
1: they
3: didn't earn it." Hmm? The pair exactly. of them
1: thank one another and they promise to reunite soon and it becomes a full, firm embrace between them. And then we pan over and Jid and Alan are just staring at this mouth of <laughs> agape as the scene goes to black. It's so fucking funny.
3: Alan got cucked again! Fuck! Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, except he has
2: the last laugh! Well, he, he has the very last laugh.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I have to say, like, the, the interlocking fingers on that, like, grasp there. Yeah, a little romantic. You know, that's usually a trope in, the uh, like, Japanese stuff, that that is a very romantic way to touch hands. But, like, all right, I can see where people got stuff from, but, like, I don't buy it.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Did they hurt uh, this? No. Is it clearly what they're telegraphing? Yes.
0: I have never <laughs> rolled my eyes harder at you, even though you weren't there, than at the sea. <laughs>
3: Like I, I feel like you know. Not this, you, this, Matt. This, you, Sybil. No. For the record. Oh, I, no, yeah, know. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Like, look. This, this is this is less than like the end of like Legend of Korra. Come on.
0: I, I was. No one's yeah, seen this, this children's is, show, but children and you,
1: and a lot of <laughs> other people. It's so old that all the children are listening to our podcast now. Fuck you. Well, don't say yeah. that. No.
2: Um, <laughs> fucking listen, listen, like. As the person who has been the most like skeptical of Sybil's insistence that Shion and Cosmos are actually canonically in love and and been like poo-pooing that idea, I was shocked at how tender this moment was. Yeah. Um but, but like friends
1: can have tender moments like
0: this. Yeah, Come that's on.
2: The, that's or, the thing. That's or the fucking thing. Like, that's the thing. The kind of family. I agree, but it is
1: 1000 percent break out every cliche in the books from the directors
0: you can't say family Matt. that doesn't change the equation for anime
3: that's fair but like is okay uh, it's 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 it's, it's, it's yuri bait is what it is it's yuri bait it's it's queer baiting yes
2: yeah it's 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 that that that's bait.gif uh is xenosaga a Shion harem anime between Kevin, Cosmos, and Alan. Oh, and uh, At the end of the day. <laughs>
1: Do you Excuse much- me?
2: No, Sorry, no, I, I did for fun. I'm not. I refuse to acknowledge that. <laughs> Jin, this is God.
1: I think I've nope. said before, there's an alternate universe where this succeeded and this became like the Ava of the 2000s with spin-off manga and bullshit. It I could have loved... I would love to see the stupid polycule comedy anime that focuses on Shion, just oh, Katarina slicing her way around the fucking universe. It's
2: better than uh, losing is, your way around the universe.
3: The, the thing is, if you did that, Alan would have never had his day. Like he would always lose. That would be the punchline every yeah, time. Yeah, no, that's you know true.
0: <laughs> Imagine having sex with someone while you can see imaginary
2: space. <laughs> That's, I mean, if you've ever fucked on a psychedelic. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So we skip ahead, and everyone leaving has climbed atop the Asher with Jin piloting. It is the only ES that still functions due to them installing Erde Kaisertech in it instead of relying solely on a vest
0: of anima. I forgot what was up with that.
2: Yep. Yeah. The remaining four, Chaos, Cosmos, Nephilim, and, and Abel, all set up to begin with Chaos asking that his power be released. Cosmos acknowledges this and spits out a glowing red spirit Mary from herself to convert the vessels of anima into an older ghost Yeshua. Yeshua, ghost Yeshua then flies into Chaos's body, but Mary decides to take up residence in Nephilim now, who also gets aged up. Nephilim says, Wandering wills, come to the cradle within me.
3: And we watch a massive wave of white fly from the center of the planet surrounding Abel's arc and just reaching through the cosmos to every Gnosis anywhere and becomes a major beacon for their existence. The party continues their flight from the core, but Momo, being an observational unit, is the only one who can tell something's up with the masses of Gnosis flying past them. She says, uh, they're not coming willingly. They refuse to become as one. They're afraid. And uh, <laughs> well, you uh, see, mind...
0: hedgehogs huddle together to keep each other warm.
3: <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly <laughs> this is extremely <laughs> the the end of instrumentality in end of Ava, where people just go. No, nah, I I don't like being a, a single consciousness. Uh, so I'm we are like,
0: oh. approaching Hideo Kojima levels of here are the movies and TV shows I like. Uh-huh.
1: Mm. Uh-huh. It's shorthand that works. I know, Mm -hmm. but still.
0: No, not you. I mean the Zeno saga. No,
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're so rushed. That's probably the only way they could get across these themes safely is to go, look, it's like that Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I saw this in one of my Japanese animes. You have so many other things to say that are unique to you, though.
0: Come on.
1: Yeah, they said that hours ago, and now they (gasps) have 20 bucks and a fucking can of boss coffee to (laughs) finish the game on, man.
2: (laughs) all right so fucking just real briefly with chaos again this is something that the game never communicates that i think is cool as hell which is you know chaos's magical power where he was able to just like be calm the gnosis and make them disappear in uh xenosaga episode one is specifically explained because he is basically like the able of the collective unconscious right where he is the physical manifestation of the idea of the collective unconscious that the umn is built off of and so if the gnosis are people who have in their despair rejected the collective unconscious chaos being able to calm them is basically him bringing them back into the fold being like i feel your pain now come back with us no man i promise i'm cool Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's neat and that's fucking nowhere in the game except the codex within the codex within the codex and I hate that shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, it makes
3: it sounds a lot like, you know, Jesus curing the lepers in a way, right? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Uh so accepted
0: oh, well I uh, except in this case Chaos is also explicitly the person they are rejecting to begin with. right? <laughs> Which is why I, I said, no, I promise I'm cool. Not for... Per- <laughs> uh, <yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> I thought you just meant he was trying not to be a narc.
0: No, what I wasn't <laughs> trying to dunk on Chaos as a character.
3: It's the situation is extremely funny when you think okay. about it. Does, does this mean that Chaos is by definition too online? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chaos's superpower is being the problematic
0: fave to people who hate having friends, basically
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, Chaos and Nephilim realizes that they're not going to get out of this easily, so Cosmos is asked to protect this place until they are finished, you know, just so we can have some final sacrifices. And uh, she nods and then summons the massive chain gun and leaps into the air screaming, "Hell yeah!"
4: You
0: know,
3: I'm going to say entire game never got sick of watching the G-Shot animation. Love it. Nope.
0: Nope. The Asher makes it near the surface. And as the party climbs off onto solid ground next to that shitty mining platform, Jin begins to pull back and says, "Cosmos and Chaos can't handle that many Gnosis alone. I'm going to go back and give them time. Also, I have no one left who likes me. And she <laughs> objects, offers to come with and he overrules her and say, you know that you already have other things you must do. And what follows is both of the Uzuki siblings just opening up to each other and apologizing, expressing their love for each other.
2: It's very touching. Except it's extremely touching. I loved it. Except there is one more ghost burn that Jin gets off, not at Sheon but at someone. I don't know who because he says explicitly, "You're not alone. You have three wonderful friends." But there are four people. That's standing why. Next that's to why Shion I wrote in, in that the moment. Discord. You have oh, wonderful no. friends
0: and Junior. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oof. It's so good. It's so good. The way yeah. I
1: read that is definitely that he has just been robo-racist this whole time and fuck Ziggy.
2: Oh, that's oh, that's so sad. But don't Aww. be that way, Jin. Uh yeah, the thing that's funny to me
0: about this he is he does Jin explicitly <laughs> reject technology. He owns a physical bookstore. That's
1: I think true. that's explicitly <laughs> you've got three friends in this fucking corpse on a stick. But what about (laughs) then? She's
3: also not that much different than Ziggy. I kind of, kind of. I don't know. No, that's not true. No, she's a synthetic human.
0: That's a person that's been made. That
2: is different. That is different. It's like a, it's like
0: a human that you could three D print, but like is still made of flesh and blood. That's what reality is. It's
2: like you didn't even play Episode One. (laughs) uh, It's uh, like, uh, uh. mm,
0: it's like you've never (laughs) read a book and or or seen
1: Blade Runner. Fuck off, man
3: I've seen both Blade Runners. We're anyway, up to five
1: now, man. I have bad news for you. Are we, we five between the anime, the OVA, oh. and the TV show? Yes, I have not watched the TV show. I think
3: I watched the anime.
1: The TV show is the only one you should watch. How long <laughs> can it take to give a sword to somebody? Do Don't you worry, want right. me to tell you about Chinese history?
3: <laughs> no, he's reading all about it. That's true, actually. Uh, but, um, yeah. No. The funny thing about this to me is that this is just Jin buying into what Margulis told him. Yeah. Just like, no one's left to understand you. Might as well go off to die. <laughs> well, mm, 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 mm. Right? I don't think like a little bit,
0: a little bit. Like no. Jin has never made, Jin has never made peace with being close to others. Right. Like that's what happened right. with his relationship with Pellegris. That's why yeah. him having an anime rivalry with Margulis. He liked it. And Mm -hmm. he's just not comfortable around other people. And Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense for him to basically opt out of having the good end because he doesn't want a good end. He doesn't like it.
1: Explicitly when he goes out, he says this is what he's been seeking the whole time. The quiet of death.
4: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's it. It's just I have an opportunity to make my suicide worth something. Yep.
0: Uh, Jin even does the closest thing he could do to giving her away which is a uh, i don't know man but maybe maybe chill a little he says to alan please my friend she could be a troublesome girl but watch over her jinn's voice acting incredible in this line love it the mm-hmm. last thing she had from a her brother is remember what chaos told us he said we'd all meet again and besides as a, as a scholar i have some interest in this land <laughs> this lost jerusalem fuck off
3: you have a bookstore you're not a scholar dickhead oh. I, I swear to God, he was going to say Japan. Oh my God!
1: This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> I would
3: have died. I would have laughed so hard. God. Oh,
0: I I can't. Jit has been around so long. I forgot how weird it is that he is the way he is. What a weird guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as she unpreemptively mourns her brother and quietly whispers that all along she was happy to have him as a brother. Love to not tell anyone that. Fuck off, dude. Uh mm-hmm. Jin mutters to himself on the back, Of course, I'm actually terrified, but come on, Asher, we have one last job to do. Forgetting that Asher, not his robot in any way, ever. I know, he
1: just jacked Junior's toy and ran off to die.
0: I mean, it was canon and chaos
1: is never his. Never yeah. once. Hey, remember the damarung? Well, we're going to cut over there while the yeah. wave. Where did going the going power down. come from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The Lights make and sense. power are back on as. What Why I are these people happened? not
0: dead floating in a place with no gravity because the life support was off? Because that'd be
1: sad. I think I'm just going to blame it on someone found a way to recall the fucking mech that uh, Wilhelm never used. Because that no, doesn't show up. He used
0: it. It was part of Zarathustra. That was the red one on the left, wasn't it? There were Maybe. two mechs that got reconfigured to form Zarathustra. Mm-hmm. One of them I was don't. Omega, and one of them was his dude that he piloted out. I thought out.
1: that was, um... Blah, 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 blah. Kevin's ES. The red one. It
2: somewhere, could be. I don't think we've seen... I don't know. Somewhere, Miyuki and Togashi went on a mission to restore power somehow. That's... that. I'm hand waving that because I... Yeah, exactly. Because I can't... Just Togashi can't die. That's why. <laughs>
0: His head is too square; it resists resists compression by space. No, no, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan's the the strongest shape. Togashi's head.
1: Ryan's logic (laughs) makes sense. Togashi cannot die. Hunter by Hunter is coming back. (laughs)
3: I was <laughs> <laughs> just to say, like, no, if if they did this series again, if they started it up, it would have to be Miyuki is the Shion and to, to gashi's Alan. If, like Okay, if Nomura wrote Xeno Saga, there would be an entire
0: four-hour demo for another game that explains how the power got back on here.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh one of the techs is watching a horrifying side effect of that summoning wave. Every UMN column it touches vanishes. Then we cut to Mictum, where Junior is leading the party out of the depths with a legitimately good joke. Firing constantly as they push forward, he just screams, Damn it all, don't you know you're supposed to accept people's kindness to the gnosis he's mowing down?
0: The only I time Junior has been effective in a cutscene ever,
1: actually. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. A massive one falls in front of Xion, and Alan takes a screaming leap, landing atop it, bashing it with a rifle a few times before unloading the whole magazine, screaming about how he's going to protect Xi'an. Hooting and hollering! Let's go, Alan! She does smile at it. It's cute.
2: So... At the planet's core, Chaos is panicking as a massive Gnosis dives right for him before the Asher comes in with a sick sword trick to save the day. Jin is too cool for this shit, telling the two casters on the ground, we will handle this. Chaos apologizes, but thanks him. We're back on the Elsa. Matthews sees Junior run in with the others as the order is given to perform another emergency takeoff. The captain asks where Chaos and the others are, and Junior just pauses before saying, don't worry, they have things to do, and so do we. Matthews gives the same melancholy look of realization before quipping, that's just like that guy, somehow, and the ship flees for space. I cannot wait to clown on what happens to the Elsa.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So back in the core... We've still got scenes of regular and efficient violence going on. Cosmos performs De Teneritas again because damn it, we animated it, so we're going to keep using it. And uh, a massive gnosis knocks her from the sky, and Jin suicide bombs it with the Asher, impaling it before leaping out and setting the uh, mech to self-destruct. They, they explicitly call out that the Asher has a self-destruct button on it <laughs> just for, so that they uh, could protect the uh, Erde Kaiser parts in it. Yes, the That's professor added
1: that at the time. I remember yeah. them calling it out and I love that being an actual lead-in.
3: Yep. Yep. So on the ground, the two begin fighting back to back on the platform until a massive sword flies down from above and impales Jin like into the floor. Imagine getting owned oh, and Yeah, he
0: gets owned by this. This is um oh yeah. Oh this is the cool uh nobody guys from the death hallway at the end of the first it is one.
1: Through his back into his mm-hmm. leg
2: there is yeah. a lot of blood in the undub. yeah uh here here is where there's a lot of blood yeah this is where it's really goofy that
3: there isn't any blood <laughs> it's so goofy dude uh-huh
1: it is straight up the difference between this is an anime fight and he'll walk it off because mm-hmm. friendship powers him and oh my god he's not coming back from this
3: no he yeah. dead as fuck uh soon soon but he can't hesitate, though, because another larger gnosis lands in front of him. So consequences be damned. He rips the sword out of his back. Oof. Hell yeah. And, and runs forward with both blades in hand. Like this hell like, yeah. Hilariously l- overly large sword in his other hand with his katana oh, on the other one. The coolest Jinn has ever been. And Jin has been extremely cool. <laughs> but oh, unfortunately, yeah. no matter how cool he is, this doesn't go well for him. Because he somehow ends up with another sword through his... Stomach. And as he takes the thing out, he goes to Chaos. And Chaos is just like standing there with his hands out, doing his whatever the thing he's doing. He's looking at him like, Hey, Jin, you doing okay? <laughs> he's like, Oh, you don't look so good. <laughs> and Jin's like, No, I got this. It's cool. <laughs> and uh, Jin starts making his way to one of the fallen ES, sitting against it to hold himself up for support. And then
0: Jin finds out about the other meaning of the cool zone. He thinks to himself that for <laughs> as long as he sought death and the quiet it brings, he will miss those chaotic, hectic days and the noise they contain. But this is good, too. Aboard the Elsa, as Jin accepts his fate, Xi'an looks up and knows what's just transpired. Chaos and Nephilim begin closing the right, and he looks back to thank Jin, only to see him dead, blade in hand. He gives a sad nod, and everything seems good until one of them, their space whales, is here, charging right for the duo. Chaos panics before Cosmos walks up between them. She nods to him. He nods back, and Cosmos says, Shion, I was unable to protect you before, but this time I will. She opens her chest cannon, charging a beam, and instead of firing, flings herself at the creature through it, saying, I'm leaving the rest to you now, Shion, are her final words before she burns straight through it as a lance of energy, and the whale explodes. Sick move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Portland ain't got shit on that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Nephilim calls out for the soul she has summoned and says, Now is the time. They are all departing for the land of origin. This is the part where she grows up into an adult, and Abel watches with a look of, Oh, something's imprinting on me, as she glows and turns into adult Ellie from Xenogears and everything but the outfit. Yep. Very weird. Makes sense if you know your Xeno gears. Chaos reaches out a hand, a light engulfs the three of them, and we see it wash over Jin's body briefly before. Everything in the white wave in space turns to yellow, then black, then inverts. It shatters Abel's arc as it goes through it. But it's also in danger of doing the same to the fleeing Elsa. This is sick as fuck, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm. Ugh, this whole scene is so... Yeah, it's so, like... Eh, oh. After me complaining that, this, that the stakes didn't feel real and that I wasn't connected to what was going on outside, all of a sudden, I'm extremely connected to all of it. It's very good. Everything seems lost since there is uh, no FTL remaining to them because all of the UMN columns have uh, shut down. But Chaos's voice rings out to Xeon, and suddenly, she and Momo are able to pinpoint one single fading UMN column in the sector, and it is a one-way path out of the region. As the wave begins to calcify the back of the ship, Matthews asks Junior if he has heard of <laughs> Wagner.
0: <laughs> I fucking cannot believe this
2: shit. Uh-huh.
3: Again with the Wagner.
2: This has nothing to do with anything other than, well, other than the fact that they brought up one of Nazis' favorite philosophers and then brought up one of Nazis' uh, favorite composers. J- but, Japan, problematic as always. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there is some Wagner music that fucks, like Nightmare Human, but some of that music fucks. Anyway, this has nothing to do with anything other than the Elsa being named for a Knight of the Swan, which is his way of saying, Tony, hit the boosters, the other ones that we haven't ever used once, the super secret boosters. (laughs) Uh It's
0: so funny, because this was what Cosmos did for this ship, and they were like, no, we didn't need that. We got it already.
2: Yep. Yep. It causes the ship to literally grow wings Like we were talking about Like the one, like at the end of Xenosaga 1 The engines burn twice as bright And they overboost out to the gate column For parts unknown it's so As Momo fucking counts stupid. down the teleport uh-huh. range The non-augmented members of the party Black out from G-forces The entire scene is swallowed by the wave Around that vanishing point of light
3: It's so goofy too Because the wings flap so like Slowly <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, and think of all the times like earlier this game where Tony's like, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain, and <laughs> just didn't didn't think to press the button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but when Sheon wakes, they're all floating because the gravity has gone offline in the transfer. Without a UMN or any of their standard transport tech, nobody knows where they are, and there are no landmarks, no planets. No identifiable stars in the region. They are completely lost. But in time, they begin recognizing a transmission. It's not a UMN transition. It's a straight electromagnetic broadcast. Shut up, dork. <laughs> Fuck off, Hammer. <laughs> yeah, Hammer's just like, that ancient thing? And of course, it's Miyuki calling Xion's name. Uh, because it turns out the Dameron is just outside, like so close that they should have been able to just see it. We cut forward in time and Julie is questioning
0: and informing Shion, who's ready to leave, that things will be a little bit different on this voyage. There's no UMN, no FTL. I'm afraid it's going to be a long flight. All they have for guidance is just some snatches of the Y data to go on. Momo wants to join this crew, but Shion politely refuses, saying that she'd do better working with Skientia to create a new galactic transfer protocol. The way she talks to her is fucking wild. It's like the way you talk to your child. No, sit, just sit the shit. Shut the fuck up. Sit down. You can't go. I'm trying to go. You will make this take forever. You're Uh hate. It's fine. (laughs) That's the tone she uses with Momo. It's wild.
3: Basically, like, no, no, no. I'm sending you off to college. Like, (laughs) sorry.
0: We come to learn that the party for this expedition is just to be Junior, Shion, and Alan. Oh, my God. Which means that Momo getting hosed here. She's stuck with her mother and Ziggy and everyone else is dead. Miyuki and the other named vector scientists are also here to wave them off. And Momo internally narrates that she'll be waiting for them to return. See you soon. And the craft carrying them off is the Elsa. Mary and Shelley are also aboard as crew. RIP to Hammer and Tony. So the entire surviving Kukai Foundation appears to be on this mission. And we get a wordless glimpse of Helmer on a monitor. The one black guy in the galaxy made it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one remaining black guy, the X guy is gone.
0: Once a token, always a token.
1: Xion starts narrating to Jin in her head. I think I understand what Wilhelm was after just a little bit better, which is one of the craziest
2: fucking sentences in this ending. Yeah, Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, what? They just they want to redeem every single villain in this last little bit.
1: She says living the same life over (laughs) and over.
0: You know, Voyager was right. Cops are bad. It was okay that he killed Ziggy.
1: (laughs) 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 She says that living the same life over and over without any kind of regrets. That's the goal she feels was admirable, but misplaced. Uh, we're cutting around the ship to a few more vignettes of characters. The professor, Scott, and the bunny robot are doing some work in the uh, academy.
0: I would have hit a couple of these first. Shocked that the rabbit is real and has a physical
3: body.
1: They mentioned that multiple times. Yeah,
3: did yeah. they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay. One I... of the What are the robots like? That's named after uh, <laughs> like a cocktail? Said like, oh, if I do this thing, uh, Matthews will get me a like a rabbit body. So like. Uh, OK, and everyone's getting their like
0: farewell shot that is at the end of every anime, where you see what the characters do. And Matthews problematic fame to the end. His fair- loving farewell shot is him kicking an employee in the back of the head. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, that's how he shows his love and also tells them, "Turn left, stupid." <laughs> it depends on which foot he uses We are weak. We regret. We blame others. But even if it is our fate to disappear entirely. I think the will to change the future is an important one. Slowly, we see Shian and Alan awkwardly take each other's hands in the cafeteria as she keeps narrating. We must change the things around us little by little to improve the future, even if it is one step at a time. And even if everything is already predetermined, it's not something for us to be sad about. And there's a cute gesture. She rests her head on his shoulder, leaning in. She's, she's smiling. We haven't seen that in so long. And on the contrary, the future is overflowing with hope, and we have infinite paths to choose from. Isn't that right, Chaos? Cosmos?
2: Everything goes to black, but the credits begin playing, and in a few minutes, something drifts in behind them. Cosmos' form is just floating past in the void of space, eyes open, unblinking, much like uh, she was floating through space after the intro of the first episode, of, ep- of Xenosaga episode She's one. She's like missing she an arm in gray time, now.
0: Yeah, also, she's extremely gray.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cosmic dust.
2: Chaos's voice comes in from somewhere. I guess you and I still exist in this world after all. As long as people, as long as the universe desires it, we will continue to exist. We haven't finished what we need to do yet, so until then, sleep well, Cosmos. Her eyes, sparking red right at the end, do close, and as the screen goes black, she whispers, Good night. After the credit scroll ends, we see one more image, the sun slowly rising over what is revealed to be Lost Jerusalem, and then Cosmos's damaged form slowly swimming through space towards it. And that's Xenosaga. We did it. And that's
0: how Cosmos wound up in Xenoblade 2. The the (laughs) dumbest.
2: (laughs) What do we think about Xenosaga?
0: What
4: do we think about Xenosaga
2: 3 first? Like... Sybil was warning us that the that the wheels were gonna come off at the end and that we were eventually going to feel the rush of it. And I remember being like, No, it's gonna be perfect all the way through. And that is very much not true for the end of Xeno Saga episode three, but somehow It almost it is. is though, right? Like yeah, it and it is still probably in my ten favorite JRPGs that I've ever played, just because of the strength of its strengths. Yeah.
0: Like it is it is an, a top ten all timer, but the ending like makes it like an eight or a seven, right? If you're stack ranking right. this. And yeah. it it does hold it together long enough that when the wheels fall off the body still skids across the finish line, but it's <laughs> close.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: It, <sighs> I mean Again, I think the game would be better if all of the ES combat was cutscenes. Like a lot mm. better.
3: You know, I just I I think my hottest take on this show is going to be I liked Xenosaga Saga 2's battle system better. Like it was poorly. Yeah, tuned. that's your
1: hottest fucking take, buddy. Like I essentially I agree with you.
3: Like it felt like, yeah, there were so many ways in which it was a slog and so many ways in which it felt very frustrating. But like, I feel like I put more effort into it. And I made smarter decisions, and I had more to think about. In this one, I just like, e- even even in the most complicated, in the most complicated battles that I had, and yes, I know I obviated pretty much the entire like final dungeon. but like a lot of the other battles, like I didn't feel the same level of tension or the same level of like I really gutted out a big win, like, except for maybe, I don't know, the Virgil fight was pretty good. Like narratively, I feel like I'm less attached to this than y'all because this is my first time through, for one thing. And some of these things didn't hit as well. Like the Alan stuff did not hit me as hard as it hit all of y'all. So like, I think it's super interesting though, right? Because when you think about like the other JRPGs we've covered, have any of them had this level of like character complexity or philosophical complexity or just human complexity? definitely not. I think oh, I think only hope, right? Because that's the that was the
0: big, like 13 could have gotten there but they changed characters every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I like hope is the only like per, hope is very well realized across the the two games,
3: right? Um I would I wouldn't say very well realized. I I'm say I'd say he went through an arc, but like we don't learn a lot about how he really processed his grief, because we had to push past that very quickly. And you'd think yeah. that that would have longer ripples other than just, I don't blame Snow anymore. Uh,
0: other, maybe like the, maybe like the boys, if you hang out with them enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like Noctus's homies are, would be the yeah. other ones in terms of games we played. Definitely no one from Shadow
1: Hearts.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Speaking so, like, of mommy issues. Yeah. Like, I'm going to think about this game, like, Pretty decently all the way through. I think looking back on it, it's going to look better than my experience playing it. But like more for its potential than what it actually achieved. Even though the highs, especially with the Shion stuff, were very high. I.
0: It's a lot more generic. Like Xenosaga Three yeah. is the most generic of them. But I think the stripping back of mechanical complexity just really helps to streamline sure. the like the plot moments, right? Like you're not you're not gonna lose impact of something like the Cherenkov scene because the fight's not gonna be brutally difficult. It's gonna be just interesting enough to get you through it. And regarding Xenosaga mm-hmm. 2, you're right, there were more interesting decisions to make, but I think you're forgetting that enemy while well, you're thinking about them, the enemies boost over you and steal your turn. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no,
3: like there's serious, serious flaws there. Like, not gonna lie, but I feel like I felt more accomplished beating like any of the harder bosses in that game versus like the stuff that ended up happening in like the optional bosses. Like I fought all the optional bosses before the final dungeon and they felt pretty underwhelming, to be honest, even as final bosses, they weren't super challenging. I mean, they one of them took a long time, sure, but like it's because the roulette
0: thing doesn't exist, right? Yeah. So it's just you and the boss doing your strategy. There's less go back and forth because you don't have to think about not only what is the boss going to do, when is the boss going to do it? And that was like a big secret sauce to the mechanical success of Xenosaga 1. Yeah. Xenosaga 3 is almost an unqualified banger. The problem is is that the qualifications are huge. Right? Like the first one is that it says Xenosaga 3 on the box. And Xenosaga 2 is in between that. And like, yeah, and Xenosaga one is also an extreme, extremely like you're going to love it or you're going to fucking hate it because of a the pacing and how over the top it is. So even though Xenosaga three is such a fucking like barn burner until like the last, let's be real, the last hour, it's only an hour right. that we think sucks. Mm-hmm. And the way it sucks mm-hmm. is enormous. Yeah,
2: but until then,
0: it's just a banger the whole way through. It's just that you have a universally reviled game. And then Mm -hmm. a game that is not for everyone in front of it. Mm -hmm. So it will be relegated to be the best JRPG that no one has ever played. Right.
3: Yeah. And like the alternative is also like going through the remake of one and two, which is imperfect
2: for other reasons. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost quixotic that I don't think that Takahashi and Saga will ever ever get to make their dream version of the perfect works. Gears was fucked up in a lot of ways. Xenosaga was fucked up in a lot of ways. blade they were like purposefully compromising and making it something else so that mm-hmm. it could get made in the first place. Yeah, Like, we see through all of these different permutations the idea of the Xeno game and the things that it wants to communicate, and it fucking rules and what we get in reality are every single xeno product has some qualification i think xeno saga 3 is my favorite of all of them but it has all of the caveats that chris outlined and also if you're into the deep thing of philosophical and psychological concepts that xeno saga 1 and the best parts of xeno gears present with all of that stuff is in the codex in this game. It's yeah. not... It, it. They they focus... And I, I, the, the game is better for being such a tight character focus, but it it does not have the same attention to, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, listen, we've yeah. read these books. These aren't just empty references because we think they sound cool. It's, it's
0: not Xenosago 1, which was the smartest game we've played on right. the podcast. Right, right. And, and, like, let's be real, right? Like, the entire arc... Of Xenosaga and how we're talking about Xenosaga Three is just MonolithSoft.txt, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they are I your know, they really are your wanna... problematic fave who only makes the the most interesting seven out of tens.
2: Yeah, I I am so fascinated now to go back and play their other games from from the GameCube era, uh, like um like Bot and Kaitos and oh. their one like card RPG because I bet that those are competent but feel way less interesting
0: oh uh, i don't know i don't know about bottom kaitos buddy
1: yeah yeah, yeah. uh take the card one is fine chris and i go do lost kingdoms okay
0: civil how you feel about Zeon saga
1: 3 i am trying to put it into words i went way harder into this than the both of you. I have done something like four different runs of these (laughs) games on and off. And that's why you were no bitch. Oh, I can't say that
0: you're a lady. Fuck!
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's why I've, like, when we started the recordings and all Mm -hmm. of you were going, Mm -hmm. you are reading too much sapphic shit into this because I had just finished another run of this game, and these Mm -hmm. scenes were fresh in my mind. I cannot give any kind of clear judgment other than uh-huh. it's very clear uh-huh. the broad who stole one of her names yeah. from this series loves it, it
0: i'm not gonna <laughs> lie like well i guess how do we feel about the series right because like for me i definitely think that xenosaga 1 is my favorite one hmm Mm, yeah. I appreciate the pacing yeah. and the mechanical complexity. It makes me very excited for one day all of the Trails games to be in English, so I can then enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely re- really big spot in my heart, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I like. This took nearly two years. I am extremely glad we did it. It really solidified a lot of my kind of like half form memory opinions of Xenosaga. (laughs) This is my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Let's put it this way. I am in the middle of multiple hundreds of hours of RPG Death March projects right now. Please go look. uh, There will probably be a link Uh, to one of those Let's Plays for the Cold Steel and Sky series that is on YouTube. I'll get that link in there. But this one... I relish because even hundred percenting this, even going through Xenosaga fucking too, even playing oh boy. and researching untranslated or half translated games with a piece of notebook paper and some bullshit game FAQs guides sitting around, so much more enthralling. There are not the low points of I love the trail series. But it fucking exhausts me in a way that I never get with this. This Mm. will be one bad dungeon. I don't have to deal with, all right, and if you want to see everything, you now need to traverse the entire world because we wrote new dialogue for Mm -hmm. everyone. And three of these people have hidden quests. And if you talk to them with the right person, you too can entertain them. And also, there's the New Game Plus side quest if you want to know the true history of the world. And no, no. None of that shit is here in Xenosaga, and part of it's because this is a fucking trash can on fire mm. rolling down the hill all the way. <laughs> but I love it. It's it is the most I will ever be seen by a JRPG, shy of mm. Estelle Bright because that bitch is goals for my life.
0: <laughs> I, I I was never not excited to play, even though, even when the game was Xenosaga Two, because yeah. Xenosaga yeah. Two had such an interesting plot. And even if it sucked, it was interesting in the ways that it sucked. Right? Like, every single one of these games has something really interesting to recommend it. But Mm -hmm. it's just hard.
3: Yeah. Because
0: it's Xenosaga 1, 2, and 3. Every single one of them is hard to recommend individually. And as a series, it's super hard to recommend, even though I think it's an extreme banger.
3: Like, it's going to be very hard I feel like for most people who just play the game to soak in this much as we've done on this show right
1: here, I have I have a way to put this. These are the most anime JRPGs, period, <laughs> because every single one of them comes with caveats and they're all different caveats and you have to tailor them for every person. But you can love the series mm-hmm. and still go, I don't know if you should try it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I bought these games years ago. Like, I bought the original when it came out and I played like 90% of it. And I was like, oh, I i wanted to go back to it. I wanted to see what was the deal. I wanted to get a lot of answers to the story. And all <laughs> you the, the still weird... haven't finished Sino Saga one? No, I haven't. I'll probably go back <laughs> and play it at some point. Like, I, I'm literally final dungeon away from finishing that game. Oh. Like I was in side quest mode, like final side quest mode when I stopped in high school. But like, I'm super glad that, you know, we picked this for the show so we could cover it. And I definitely have gotten way more out of this, even skipping one season. Like I even still got more out of this than I would have just playing it on my own. And there's so many things I'm going to take away from this, but I'm probably never going to replay any of these ever again. This this is such a good podcast
0: series because there's they become so dense with meaning that yeah. the discussions where we all have different viewpoints and everything really teases a lot out of it. That just mm-hmm. one person's mm-hmm. perspective doesn't like it's a, it's a yeah. really rich text.
3: Yeah. The problem is that like when I walk away, like who am I going to remember? Like, I'm going to remember the Shion stuff. I'm going to remember mm-hmm. the Momo stuff. I'm going to remember stuff. Jin is cool. Like that's about it. Jin and Margulis is cool. I'm going to think everything with junior sucks.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Like Junior stuff in Xenosaga Saga 2 is really good to me.
3: Yeah. Like I junior wanted to like with it his more. his
1: family in this game isn't bad. It just stops early. Like, right. The thing is like
3: right. the problem to me is that Junior doesn't really change. No, and he doesn't. That's the thing that makes it frustrating is that if you go through all of that, I wanted Junior to not just be like the quip machine. And that's all he well, is in this <sighs> game. And it's very frustrating. Well, the thing is,
0: right? Like Junior starts the game basically at the end of his
3: arc, other than killing yeah.
0: Albedo, mm-hmm. and right. But that's again, like unusual. His,
3: his, yeah, I. But I think also like his relationship with Momo being basically not there in this game is also like a big miss, especially at the end where <laughs> with with Momo say, hey, say hi to Albedo for me. <laughs> Yo! Jesus, Jesus <sighs> fucking Christ. Oh, well. But anyway, it,
0: yeah, yeah. It was weird that Junior was done, and that does change Junior a lot, because the really the only way that Junior grows is when Momo grows, which is what the only thing that changes any of Junior's relationships, besides killing oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: No, he's he zikied once at the end of game two.
3: That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah,
0: super He's interesting series. he meant to Zaggy. And any, anyone else that didn't get to say anything about the series as a whole? What do we think about it? I think it we're good at this point. We still got one more episode to record. Yeah, well, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to have, the next episode will be, what actually happened in Xenosaga? Because it's been mm-hmm. a long time. What was the plot? Yeah. What are the metaphysics of it? Give me, give me your master's thesis on Xenosaga is the next
3: episode. Yeah, and then probably whatever other random shit that we didn't have yeah. time to fit in here
1: i'm gonna do some database stuff i'm uh-huh. yep. reaching out for some fan feedback on a few boards and social media sites so we'll see what i can bring to the table
0: and and then after that matt is in charge and not me and it will be final fantasy 8 and i'll be taking a needed break Woo! you're
1: stuck with me though
3: <laughs> gonna be reading more <laughs> oh what, what god what's uh, bo- booyaka or what is that the thing that selfie says that is booyaka booyaka fuck mm-hmm. dude I've never been more
0: glad to not be talking about a video game than Final Fantasy VIII. (laughs) Uh, And I've never been more
3: excited to talk about a game than Final Fantasy VIII. Noted bad game enjoyer, (laughs) Matt Marcus. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I've enjoyed every game on this podcast. Final Fantasy VIII rules. Oh man, that's true. Fuck. I've never finished Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I didn't until like two years ago. So, Final
1: Fantasy VIII is to me what... The big Lebowski is to me this thing that a lot of people in my life love that I've never been able to see through to the fucking end.
2: Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I might play along. All right.
3: I mean, you're, you're going to fucking just destroy it. So it's so Feel nice. free It'll to just good. throw
1: us some random notes here and there. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> It'll be the the, the Chris notes uh, segment at the end of the episodes.
1: And here's a Chris Patch Dispatch this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, until then, peace out, fuckers. We don't need commercials. I don't want to do commercials. Does anybody really want a commercial this
1: episode? No. <laughs> Copy and paste the last ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, even, yeah. don't even bother. Goodbye.
4: Bye. Bye.
1: See ya.